This episode is brought to you by Chalk Cartel. I discovered these guys a year ago and I have been using their chalk ever since. Here's the deal. Chalk matters. And if you care enough about climbing to be listening to this podcast, you owe it to yourself to get the good stuff. Luckily, with Chalk Cartel, you can get the best chalk on the market without breaking the bank. Chalk Cartel sources the highest quality magnesium carbonate you can buy. No fillers, no weird additives, and no bogus proprietary claims. This stuff has been independently tested in a lab, side-by-side other top brands, and it's exactly the same stuff. It's just as good. It might even be better. It is my personal favorite chalk that I have ever used. They also use eco-friendly packaging because they care about the environment, so buying from Chalk Cartel is a win-win. So, if you need a fix, head over to chalkcartel.com and enter code NUGGET at checkout for 20% off your next purchase of pure, uncut, high-performance climbing chalk. That's chalkcartel.com. Use code NUGGET at checkout for 20% off excellent climbing chalk, Chalk Cartel. Great chalk, no bullshit. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Nugget Climbing Podcast. This is Stephen Dimmitt. My guest today is Joe Kinder. Joe is originally from New Hampshire and is known for his seemingly infinite psych and for his work ethic when it comes to bolting and developing new routes. This guy is responsible for many of the hardest climbs in America. He's been pushing the sport climbing game here in the States for most of his climbing career. He's put up a lot of hard routes in rifle, uh, all the hardest ones actually, and a number of ninth grade routes, that's 14D and harder, in the St. George area as well. We had a lot of fun in this conversation. We sat down in person in Rifle about a month ago and had a full-on geek out about everything from Joe's root development and leaving a legacy to how he trained for Kinder Cakes, his hardest route that he just sent this season and Rifle's first 515, to Joe's philosophy when it comes to projecting and improving and things he learned from spending time in Spain to creativity and fashion and starting a clothing brand, to people that inspire and influence Joe within climbing and outside of climbing, to painting graffiti. We went all over the place and I learned a lot about Joe and I learned a lot from Joe in this conversation. I'm really excited to share this one with all of you. We also talked about Joe's experience with cancellation. For those of you who don't know, Joe was a professional climber for a long time, about 15 years. And a few years ago, he was effectively canceled. He made a meme on his private Instagram account that was intended to be seen by a small group of friends making a joke about another person in our community. And it leaked and was interpreted in a way that was very hurtful to that person. Joe was called out and all of his sponsors dropped him pretty much immediately. And there may be some of you listening who are wondering why I would have Joe on the podcast or give him a platform given what you've heard or read about this on the internet. So I wanna take a moment here to share my thoughts about the whole thing and about cancellation in general. 
The reason people get called out and canceled is accountability. We want to hold ourselves and others to an ever higher social standard. And this can be a really good thing because it leads to progress. In this case, Joe made a joke in poor taste that was hurtful to someone in our community, and he was held accountable for that. And within a matter of hours, he lost everything that he had built in his whole life. He lost all of his sponsors, he lost his career, and most importantly to him, he lost the respect of the community at large, which had meant the world to him. So he has paid a massive price for his actions, and I have no interest in defending what he did or diminishing it, but it is my personal feeling that he has already paid dearly for his mistake. I don't have an opinion about what should have happened, but I certainly don't think he needs to be punished more than he already has. And you'll hear in this conversation just how close Joe was to rock bottom. And it's taken a long time for him to build his life back. And my hope would be that if someone in our community has been held accountable for a mistake and paid for that mistake, we would be willing to support them. And rather than pile hate on top of them for the rest of their lives, that we would eventually help lift them up and celebrate them becoming a better version of themselves, having learned a hard lesson. Maybe even send them love rather than hold the worst things against them forever. Those are just my thoughts. And as I said, you'll hear us talk more about this towards the end of the episode. And it's intense to hear Joe open up about his experience. He was really nervous to do the podcast and to talk about his cancellation, as you can imagine. And I was too, frankly. And hearing what he had to say, I'm very glad that we talked about it. And it feels really important to share this one. So with that, and no further ado, please enjoy this conversation with Joe Kinder. Got my notes and all that stuff ready. I'm gonna put <laughs> come prepared. I'm man. gonna put I all my stuff that. on. Do not disturb. I forget to do that sometimes. <clears throat> sometimes I think it's cool to like keep all those like fucked up noises people make. They're all like <clears throat> coughing, swallowing, <laughs> snorting, <laughs> sniffing, like fucking their teeth and like the the mouth noises. sounds. Like the mouth human... sounds are are gross, dude. They're gross, but it's like that's human human shit. Like that stuff's like almost you know as real as it gets. I'm gonna do this too, just because I feel like I feel nervous now that I've talked about. <clears throat> fucking up audio i'm just gonna do <laughs> like double check I'm make gonna, sure i'm gonna just add, there's no harm in that i'm just gonna do the voice memo back up no harm in that dude yeah <clears throat> yeah so very important question what'd you climb on today <laughs> today was another i mean it was it was a successful day because i clipped chains sick and, dude and any day you you get to the top i think is warranting of of some merit and there's a first ascent so that's even cooler to me personally um 
it's 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 like the first anchor of a newly cleaned and prepared climb in the wicked cave yeah yeah kind of dirty <laughs> kind of chossy yeah and yeah man like some of my goals for this trip were to climb my big project which is kinder cakes and then to maybe get one other satisfying rig done yeah and then to clean this route up and to leave with it being kind of like off my shoulders and like okay eliminate this sort of I, I mean it's like a burden right if you like have something that you've created you started but you haven't finished because you bolted this a few years ago exactly okay and this has just been sitting there for like whatever three four years with a rope on it kind of eyesore it's just like um i don't really like leaving things undone like that so yeah yeah man i, I spent some days cleaning on it and um I was going to just try links today and just kept climbing. <laughs> didn't, didn't fall. <laughs> just That's like, awesome. Yeah. I let out the war cry like by the anchor and friggin' clipped the chain, man. Nice. Got pitch one done. And I think I'll call it goon. Okay. Like part one goon and then the entirety of the climb, which is like kind of the whole wall, which is beautiful. We'll call that goonies or the goonies okay that's the project name nice yeah the goonies i like that a lot <laughs> that's good that's cool for people uh that have been to rifle left side of the wicked cave almost coming right out the middle but coming in from the left a little bit and then for people that haven't been to rifle do you want to describe the wicked cave sure wicked cave is kind of the home of like the popular zulu a really popular 14a um, the crew, which is like a 1990s, like 14B at that time. And now like is like considered 14C. Also Bad Girls Club, 14 plus. Uh, Fat Camp, 14 plus. Planet Garbage, 14 plus. It's got the, like some of the most concentration uh, for the hard roots and rifle. Yeah. And yeah, it's a nice hang in there. It's kind of, you know, it's like a, it's like a being inside of like a, a upside down bowl kind of shape. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of those are thanks to you. How many? How many of those did you put up? You put up, man. Let's see. I got. Uh, let's see. Like one, two, three. I have five. Yeah, five in there, and they're all the hardest ones, actually. Sick. Which is kind of cool, man. That that's, is cool. I'm proud of that, right? Like that's definitely cool. Like, um, I'm, I think what I'm more proud of is that people really like them, and like they, they give people a lot of satisfaction. People travel from wherever to like climb them and uh yeah man like i'm, I'm proud of those yeah I'm proud that, that people dig them i want to dig into that i mean this gets into yeah. like the whole rabbit hole of like the thing that that most climbers don't stop to appreciate about root development or or don't know if they haven't climbed in places like rifle if they're you know lucky enough to climb in places with impeccable rock that doesn't take this kind of effort <laughs> you're yeah, mimicking effort. shooting yourself in the head yeah, yeah. straight off you, you uh we were exchanging uh <laughs> messages the other day and you sent me <laughs> that's right what did you posted it in your story i think it was like a beautiful cliff in france where was that um that was switzerland yeah okay in switzerland impeccable wall oh my god just like the most gorgeous, gorgeous limestone wall you've ever seen yeah and uh i commented about how beautiful it was or something and Anyway, just this back and forth about like 
like, dude, did I really start another route in the <laughs> Wicked Cave? Like, what am I doing, man? Yeah. And, and we had just spent a day out there. It was freezing cold. <laughs> no one was climbing. And Joe's just like, you were there all day. I think six hours maybe of, of cleaning and up and down the rope, like four, five, six times getting this liquid cement and then getting the glue and like getting your tools. And I was passing stuff up and it's full on construction mode, man. Kind of. It yeah, is. Yeah, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. But yeah. I loved, you know, we got the day to hang out and talk and I really loved yeah. uh, kind of getting a glimpse into your mind as far as like how you think about what you want to create and the craft of it and leaving a really good product for other people mm -hmm. to enjoy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like put it this way, this is like not the the typical protocol for like, you know, all modern root development. But I have a lot of experience bolting in like mediocre rock. And one of the cool things about mediocre rock is they always yield something like of, of like fun quality. Mm. Um, you know, I've I've just kind of taught myself, you know, and I think I taught myself how to bolt in this in mediocre rock because it was like <clears throat> a place I could screw up and like, you know, learn by my making mistakes and like not have anybody there to fucking yell at me or like, you know, you know, I basically just figured it out by myself this way. And then I learned how to like reinforce holds, you know, how to like delete the crap that's like inevitably going to come off and then to like maintain the holds that we need to keep the pathway alive. Mm. Um, and so that that is kind of a craft and it's kind of a controversial topic, but like the reality of a lot of these limestone roots in the US proper is that like they're, it's mediocre rock. And so we just do what we have to do in terms of like maintaining it and, and securing what we need to stay. Um, and yeah, man, it's like the one I, I just climbed today, the one you, you're referring to in, in the Wicked Cave. Uh, goon. Goonies, the goon, yeah. goon part one. Um, <laughs> that's probably some of the worst fucking rock I've like ever, ever put a root up in. <laughs> it's just like gravel inside the holds. But like you, you I mean, I, I know a way to secure the interior of the wall. I know how, I know how to like keep the holds from eroding. And, you know, like what I climbed today, it was as solid as it can get. I, I didn't crumble anything, didn't break anything off. Everything is, you know, in, in my opinion, ready to go for anybody else, all the, any takers that want to try. Um, it's good. It's ready. Yeah. Nice. It takes some skill, man. Like it really does. And, yeah. you know, again, it's like, this isn't something I like want to boast about, but this is the, 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 maybe ugly reality of modern development in mediocre rock. Yeah. You just fucking glue and you hammer the shit off, man. <laughs> it's fucking what it is. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, it's not just for the quality too. It's to make it safe. Yeah. And well, absolutely. I mean, yeah. that, I mean, so, I mean, if you want to get into the root development talk, man, I can go down the full gannet of like the responsibility of putting up a climb mm. and like how massive that is. Um, you know, I, I said it before, I don't know if I'm repeating myself, but putting up a climb is in essence, the biggest way to contribute to climbing that has the most longevity, mm. right? Like you can go win a competition, you can go send fucking, you know, grand illusion. You can do some amazing feats in your climbing life. But those get forgotten quick, man, because there's always someone who comes along, does it quicker, faster, news is in and out all the time. You know, it's just the way it works. 
but putting up a climb with your name attached to it, you know, it's your product, right? It's like, it's, it's your legacy that has the most longevity in rock climbing. Mm. And like, that's a really special concept to me. And so I take that really seriously, you know, like what I'm giving to what I love and what I'm like 100% passionate about comes out in my roots. And the the best part about that man is that they'll live beyond all of us they'll live forever mm. for generations as long as climbing is like a, a reality those fucking roots are my legacy mm. they live beyond me they live beyond all of us and that's something really special that's amazing <clears throat> that's amazing man you know come up with something that that lasts longer than that in climbing mm. that like is either to be remembered by or it is either to um, you know, have your name attached to. Yeah. It's a first ascent. It's it's a climb. You know, it's the fucking experience that like someone braved through, pioneered up, whatever, a mountain, a fucking crack, whatever it is, a boulder. Your name attached to that is like, you know, a sacred sort of concept. And I really dig that. That is so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there, there's a couple other things, but it, it is unique in a way. Like there's there's like the first of a grade, you know? There's like people that push new boundaries. Definitely. That's definitely has some permanence to it. But, definitely. But the thing that's so special and cool about root development is the interaction. Like, And, and you don't just put up... The thing I appreciate about you is you're not just putting up ninth grade roots. You know, there's like 513s you put up in Rifle that I get to go play on. I've climbed some of your roots in the Hurricane. <laughs> you know sick and like yeah there's nothing else like that there's nothing else like that maybe root setting but then you know that's so temporary i think you make a good point though man like the person who kind of perseveres to a new level that presents a new level for climbing which is friggin' rare like that person is you know rooted in history mm. i think that's like another one that like you can kind of definitely equate to having a ton of you know something that's unforgettable. Yeah. I want to ask you how you kind of value a few different components of a first descent or an established route. Cause you've put up all these hard routes in rifle, all the hardest routes in rifle. Now you've given some of them away. And then, uh, you know, we had a conversation about kinder cakes recently and that one was really important to you to keep for yourself and to try to get it done. And you red tagged it, which I know you haven't normally done in the past. How did the, like the experience of finding the line, establishing the line and bolting it versus actually being the one to climb it first versus other people climbing it and appreciating it. How do all those things, you know, weigh out How on the scales for you? Yeah. No, that's a good question. I think that like, <clears throat> I grew up with the mentality of keeping roots open as being kind of like the grail approach. You know, like you, you bolt it up, you prep it up for human consumption and like, it's no longer yours. It's not anybody's. It's there for anybody to climb. And I went with that kind of like whole vote for friggin' years. And part of like some of those inspiration, some of that inspiration came from Dave Graham and Danny Andrada, who are two like friends and heroes of mine. Um, I grew up with Dave. He's one of my best friends. And Danny Andrada um, is a prolific root developer, rock climber. I mean, he's a freak of nature. He's just like on another level, on another wave of, of, of a rock climber. 
And um, both those guys are always, you know, it's open, it's open. So I'm like, that's that's the way. So I remember like kind of going about that. And then a couple of times, some of like my friends would send my project, right? Like in, right, right in front of my face and shit. And it was always, and it kind of fucking hurt, man. I was like, damn, shouldn't let that fucking hurt. But oh, that really, that fucking sucks kind of. Like yeah. I really wanted that. And that motherfucker <laughs> didn't even like give me the respect oh. that like it was like really special to me. And I like kind of offered it up. Like I didn't get that sort of reciprocation. So it was kind of mm. like, ouch. <laughs> yeah, then, that makes know, sense. It, it happened like maybe a couple times like that. It stung, right? And and it was like not anything that I could take personally because I set it up to be as such to be like open, right? And you probably don't want it to sting, right? You're like I, I should be cool with this. I should be right. psyched for him, but like, totally. damn it, <laughs> yeah, but damn it. I remember like walking down the the trail at the end of one of those days and just being like, ouch, fuck, like. And then I, you know, my internal dialogue was just like, you know, I'm like, suck it up, dude. There's more. It's okay. Whatever. You know, and I'd end up climbing, you know, these routes and that in those situations. But like, so I don't know. It's like I I really do respect the kind of keep it open um sort of like approach. And I put up so many freaking climbs now, and I have so many that are just kind of sitting there. That like I, I most of them I'm just like yo whatever people can try them like I've given so much I feel like to like mm. friends and and the climbing community in terms of routes that like I'm now at the point where if there's a route that I really want and it really does matter to me and like it's something that has a different value than than another climb that I've put up or whatever I have the right to say I'd like to climb it like I want that I've given enough to say now I want to keep this one for me. And I don't have any any shame in that, man. Like, yeah. I I feel like I've 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 kind of equalized it. I've paid enough dues, so to speak, that like I can say now, like, you know, what, man, this one's for me. Fuck off. <laughs> and like, yo, like, fuck off. This one I really want. And like, it, and it's like a story, right? It's like I started this story. Why should I not be able to complete it as well? Mm. I love it. I mean, it, it absolutely makes sense to me, <laughs> especially in a place like Rifle, especially looking at Kinder Cakes in the Skull Cave. It's like, that's a construction project. No? Not okay. much, man. Okay, okay. I mean, like, you know, it's like the shit that you saw the other day, that shit's construction. <laughs> okay. That shit's like doo-doo. <laughs> okay. Kinder Cakes was just like, you know. Good rock. Yeah, good. Sweet, like, okay. Like, uh, like, unbelievably fucking good and like featured and, you know, luckily it, that thing was like, Mother Nature did a proper wow. job for us all, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons it was so special to me. Is my okay. thing is like just, you know, a dime. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense too. I guess the point I was getting at is like, it's got to depend on the, it, it must change based on the amount of work that goes into it. You know, Definitely. if you just like, if you get to an anchor that your friend bolted and then like traverse six feet to the right and put an anchor in and lower down and zip, zip, zip and put in bolts and then that's it. And it doesn't take much cleaning. It probably doesn't it probably feels very different from, you know, spending 40 hours cleaning a root in the totally. wicked cave. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's each, it's like a case to case scenario yeah. and, and it's a case to case scenario with like every like climber I know that like puts roots up. It's not just like there is one simple sort of custom that is like, oh, you put it up. It's open. Uh, you put it up. You haven't tried it in like five years. It's, open now like there is no simple custom and it is really a case-to-case -case scenario and it's a conversation with 
your the person who put the climb up or with the people that are now taking care of the cliff and kind of like you know running the show so to speak mm. it's a case-to-case scenario man there is no like simple set thing and I, and I think that the best way is to just communicate that like if i'm really psyched on a climb anybody that's kind of like interested i'm just gonna say like yo this one i really want to do this one is mine i need this one yeah thank you everybody no one's gonna argue with yeah that. i can't like, i can't fine. imagine every anyone ever being bothered by that I, i've never had it yeah um actually i've heard of it I've, okay I've, I've heard of it about you, know? you? no about not me just like friends like pro climber friends like okay. shit you know the stuff that like you don't hear about like that like everybody <laughs> thinks is like you know all peaches and cream and like their <laughs> and their pro climber um yeah. as an audience you think it's all fucking chill and shit but yo there's there's some strife that happens and sure you know it's like it, it, like i said it's a case-to-case scenario and and i think it's important to kind of remember that yeah do you know how many routes you've put up do you keep track oh, of all this God, stuff dude no i don't any like rough guess at all uh maybe 10 million <laughs> <laughs> no i i don't know man i honestly don't know well, um, i'm curious about this what do you think is your like ratio of hard stuff like like you see something and you're like this is going to be hard in a project for me and i'm psyched versus yeah. This is obviously I can do this quick. It's not that difficult for me, but it's still worth putting in the work to make this climb. Um, what uh, was the question? Like, what's the ratio there of like hard stuff uh, versus, I don't um, know, five thirteen and under or something? I put like up that. a lot of the harder ones, man. Yeah, I mean that's like where my interest lies. Yeah, you know, I'm like a, I'm a very kind of like obsessive type of climber where I really like to kind of have the challenge and like something that I'm going to do in like whatever, two tries, three tries, something like that. It's, it's cool. And it just doesn't really last that long mm-hmm. in like my reality. It's just kind of in and out and those don't have as much value to me, Yeah, but they're really important to add to kind of give to the folk, like the people like that, that, are visiting the people that like you know more folks are going to try the routes that aren't the like super high-end shit and like keeping that continuity is really important and i try to add you know like 12 plus 513 but you never really know man like you know you you see a line you're like cool let's get that up and sometimes it works out sometimes it's like oh god this is like way harder than i was expecting Mm -hmm. and usually that's the case like okay it's, it's friggin' weird man like Versus the other way. Yeah. It's usually like you put something up, you're like, oh, it's probably like a 12D and it ends up being like, whatever, 14C. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's it's just like, oh my goodness. Like, you know, I've been doing this for so long, right? And I'm still just like off every single time. Funny. Always off. (laughs) Can you think of, uh, can you think of an example or two of times you've been the most surprised? Sure. Like that, like you thought something was going to be 512 and ended up being like 514 something. Yeah, there's a route called Black Ball in the Hurricane. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and when I originally did it, it was 14B. Like it, okay. it, it, like some holds broke and sometimes when holds break, they yield holds. Sometimes when the holds break, they, you know, they're gone. Um, it's funny when holds break in, in the Hurricane, they usually like yield something, something They else. get better. They get better. Yeah. And so it's, you know, it's set at like 13D or 14A now. And um, that I thought for sure was going to be like, 13a okay you know yeah one of those situations <laughs> <laughs> yeah odd <clears throat> well i want to dive into kind of your philosophy in in climbing you're such a project climber 
and you just spend so much of your time just like grinding on things that are really, really hard. And mm. it seems like, at least from the outside perspective, from my perspective, you just lock into something and just try it every single climbing day until it's either the end of the season or you you do it. And then you move on to the next location, you know, that's in season and onto the next project like that. And um, it's fascinating to me because it seems like you're kind of signing yourself up for this like crazy emotional roller coaster, you know, and you've, you've talked about that. It just seems emotional. Like it's an emotional way to go about rock climbing and it must, you know, going back to like this idea of the scales, it must like come out positive for you to just keep doing it and doing it and doing it. But I, you know, you share, you make these amazing videos and you share a lot of the process. And I remember, I think it was Bone Tomahawk. Mm. You like send and you're like sitting there on the ground with your face in your hands. And you're like, why the fuck do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, like you're just tortured yeah. by this rock climb. And um, that's funny. I, I wanted to share how we met because it'll tie into all this. But I met you last year, almost exactly a year ago. It was right at the end of the season in Rifle. And um, we just missed each other a bunch of times, like in St. George and then here. <clears throat> and of course, people had been saying like, dude, you got to get Joe on the show. And I think people had told you who I was maybe and that I was like coming after you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we, so we, we meet like right outside the school cave. You had just tried Kinder Cakes for your last day of the season. You're leaving Rifle. And we meet and we just start chatting about it. And you just had this like, this gleam in your eye, the sparkle in your eye, like talking about the route. You just had the siege on it. You tried it for, I don't know, six, six weeks, a couple months or something, two months. And uh, must've been feeling beat down. You didn't do it. You knew you were going to have to, you know, leave it for at least six months, maybe a year and then come back. And you just, the way you were talking about it, like you kind of weren't there anymore. Like you, your eyes just kind of drifted off and I could tell you weren't like looking at me anymore. You're just thinking about <laughs> the route. And I was like, this is true love, dude. Like yeah. this guy still, after two months of just beating his head against this rock climb, he just, I can see the love in his eyes for this climb. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool to hear you say that, man. Like it's, it. we put ourselves in some pretty weird ass predicaments and like, it's just this like, thing that we set up intentionally for like this odd goal and we go through the most self-deprecating like fucking emotional um experience every friggin round like i've been doing this shit for so long and i have the same experience more or less like every time <laughs> it's like just it's like groundhog day and i know what it is and i know how to deal with it now and like in different ways but you know what like the way you just described that man it's like I love it. Like I, I think the the best way I can sum it up is I love this shit. I love to be in like a relationship with a hard project and having that be something that my my focus is on. It gives me a reason to be a healthier person. It gives me a reason to like wake up and like fucking rally in like a a, a you know an, an objective way. I have more of like. A, a reason and a goal for my days, for my weeks, for my evenings. You know, in a lot of ways, like climbing has saved me and like saved me in in ways of just kind of like giving me a reason to be a better person mm. and to be like 
um, conscious of, of, of my health and to kind of like stay, it keeps me happy, you know, and having that kind of like obsessive, I, I have a fairly obsessive personality with the things that really matter to me. Like I get, I'm really into like my dogs and I'm really into like my wife and I'm really into like, of course, climbing and I'll, I'll just pick up these things right. And I just kind of like go wholeheartedly into it. And climbing has always been sort of that, that one aspect of my life that like never gets fucking old. Hmm. And what matters to me the most is like being able to devote and like having that there and, and like, it's therapeutic for me and it gives like just so much fucking joy, even though it's like really shitty sometimes. And like, you don't feel that good all the time. And you're like, you know, it's not fun all the time. It fucking sucks. Sometimes, you know, you're just like unhappy at periods of the time. And I get stressed, like driving to the cliff or, you know, at the point where I'm close, but I'm not that close. And I'm wondering and all that fucking doubt and all of like this, like, these mind games that like are just created out of this, this moment or this position that you're putting yourself in, like you're really just doing it to yourself. And I don't know, man, like it just like, I, I find myself the happiest when I'm in that place. And like, it's always being, it's always there for me as long as I can, I can make the time. Um, and so like now, like I, I make sure I make the time because like I, I, I sacrifice to make sure I can put myself in that position. And I sacrifice money. Sometimes I'm like pissing my wife off. Sometimes I'm like, you know, missing a job or something like that, where I'm being so fucking like maybe overly obsessed that I, I it's like a fucking drug addiction, man. It's mm. how I would relate to like someone who needs to get a fix of like whatever they're addicted to in a substance. Yeah. You know, like if I, if I didn't climb, like before I started climbing, like I was kind of on a path of like probably heading down, down that path of like doing some pretty crooked cr criminal shit. And I didn't have any shame in it either too. I was like fully fucking cool with it <laughs> because it was like stimulating. It was something you could fucking have as like a, a, a way of, of, of progressing in <laughs> as fucked up as that's yeah. how. And there's like these wow. kind of attributes that like are super aligned with like, um, I guess like self-satisfaction, but also self-deprecating and like, I don't know, climbing thankfully is the healthiest way to do that shit. <laughs> I'm glad I found climbing. For fucking yeah. Um, hope that wasn't a massive ramble, but yeah, man, like bottom line is like, I'm the happiest when I have like a really hard project and something that like I'm focused on mm. the happiest. So it's here. like I need I need another one of those right now. Like yeah, <laughs> I sent like I sent I sent my shit. In, I sent my shit. In. Now I need like this. I need a fucking fix, man. Like, yeah, I need to keep it going. Well, that's yeah, that's the messed up part of it is that like you <laughs> in those moments good. of torture, um, you know, you have this beacon of light that is sending the mm. climb, and then you finally do it, and if you're immediately reminded that like there's nothing magical on this other side of the story at the end of the story here, you know, it's about the process. And then that feeling that you were looking for, that was your beacon of light lasts for like a few days. Totally. <laughs> you have to start the it's process. so short lived, man. Start the process over, but yeah. I mean, do it, you get that too? Do you, do you feel like that? <clears throat> yeah, that I do. It's, it's different for me. I actually just, um, 
the attic thing's really interesting because I just made this connection very recently in my life that like I I have a lot of like addicty behavior. Sure you do. And it's really yeah, I feel really grateful that it I it's never really uh I guess like messing around video games and stuff when I was a teenager, but that's the most negative way that it's ever played out in my life. It's okay. never been, you know, drugs or alcohol or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's this like relentless needing to like get a hit, scratch an itch of productivity. Like I need to yeah. like move forward towards something. And it's it's not only climbing though. Yeah. It's not just projecting. It's not just sending climbs or, or whatever else in climbing. It's, I get a lot of it from doing this. I get a lot of it from the podcast building something, seeing mm-hmm. the growth of it, you know, setting challenges for myself, but like every day progressing towards something. I think that's a good mentality to have. Like it's double-edged, it's a double-edged sword for sure. Double-edged but I, sword. I think mostly it's, it's led to all the best things in my life. That's good to hear, man. Yeah. I like to hear that. That's, that's great. And, and, you know, it'll evolve, you know, it will inevitably evolve, you know, your podcast, your climbing, things will up, things will present themselves that will, you know, turn into that again and probably all, you know, combine in ways mm. that like will help progress your life and make you happy. I think that's like cool. Like climbing, I think a lot of climbers have that sort of like need for forward progression. Yeah. I see that a lot in people. Yeah. I think that's like a very like-minded mentality of climbers. Like mm-hmm. the climbers that are like really like love, love climbing. You know, yeah. When I when I think of like Jonathan Segrist or like Hell yeah. Drew Ruana, you know, yeah, it's like those guys. If they don't check a box every single day, they go Dude. climbing. <laughs> I know it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I find Jonathan Segrist very fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I think he's one of these people who represents like the extreme of like training, sports science, like this really kind of like, um more like athletic science thought approach you know he's like very talented man he's he's an amazing rock climber like he he could do fine if he didn't know all this stuff but he's like that guy Mm. who like goes into the lab and like (laughs) fucking goes to work and beats the shit out of himself and then comes out like a different version of like what he was before you're like yo (laughs) that shit's badass like i want that but he's like the extreme right like he's the guy that like we all can look at and be like that's what we want to do and then we'll do like we'll all do it like halfway and be like no it's cool tapped into that a little bit dude yeah fucking hey good for you you go 100 percent like well i know you've moved a little bit towards that in your own climbing. And I, let's, I want to, I want to jump into that in a second, but I want to sure. ask you one more question before we segue, <clears throat> because the thing about like the, you know, the going back to this idea of being an addict or having this kind of addict gene and that expressing in productivity and climbing or whatever, whatever else, it's a double-edged sword. And where it gets dark for me is when I feel plateaued or stagnant. Yeah. And that's led to some dark stuff in my life. Like, Uh, you know, getting into this whole story of like disordered eating and trying to starve myself to climb harder was fed by that exact same thing. Right. And I got obsessed by a number on the scale that I thought was going to, that was my beacon of light for a while was like, I got to reach this number. Um, anytime I get stuck and feel kind of stagnant or plateaued, Mm -hmm. I'm like seeking for these yeah, you start festering. Yeah. And and I'm like, I need something, I need something to satisfy this like productivity yeah. itch. I mean, we all want answers and we all want like a solution, 
Yeah. I think that's like fucking innate in like us as people. Like we need to figure it out. If it's not working, we need to figure that shit out. Mm. And that's, I'm speaking fucking complete generality, man. But like we had something going at one point and then it changed. And then we're like, yo, I need to get that back. And to me, that is like a completely natural ebb and flow of climbing. And like you're, you're almost less aware when you're up and you're climbing well. Mm. You can be, you're aware, sure. But like, right. I think that like you're more aware when you're down. Right. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? When things are going well, you're like, you just take it for granted. Like, oh yeah, finally granted. things are going well. You're like, I'm good. Like I'm, then... I'm kind of in that mode right now. And I keep trying to pinch myself and be like, yo bro, like. <laughs> Appreciate it. You know, be humble. Like this shit doesn't last. Like motherfucker, <laughs> like enjoy it, man. Cause it's not going to last. Yeah. It'll go away. And I know that. And you know what? Like, it's just one of those things that in a way you kind of just have to fucking accept. Mm. And like you, like I, I like, like I battle my fucking, you know, eating and my weight when I'm like not in my in my climbing well phase. Like I fucking mm. think about that shit like too damn much and it sucks. And I, I find myself kind of like almost becoming more unhealthy because I'm like maybe looking for that solution. But like in the meantime, while I'm looking for that solution, while I'm in that gray area, I'm like, eating more and I, I feel I can feel it like I can feel like myself get thicker and it's like this form of like compensating but like I'm not taking the action to correct the situation I'm like in the gray area purgatory area mm. does that make sense I think so it's like you're not really like able I, I think that's this this is this is what I, I believe I'm trying to say you need breaks and you can't always control it and sometimes like your mind doesn't want that to be the situation, mm. but like the science in your body and like maybe the science in your life and just the fucking whole situation of what's going on in your world dictates you needing some time to chill. Mm. And sometimes it's okay to succumb to it. And like I said, it's all temporary. You want to come back, you'll come back when it makes sense. And And usually when you need to make a comeback, when you align your life accordingly, you make that comeback like in a great way. Mm. Have you felt that? Yeah, I think I have. Like I've, I think all of my kind of lowest moments have been from fighting that when, mm. you know, like my body's telling me you need a break. My mind's telling me I need a break and I'm fighting against it. And that's when bad things happen. So I yeah, do, I, I do, that. I hear what you're saying. I was going to ask you, you know, you've, you said you've gone through this process so many times and you've gotten, I think you said I've gotten better at dealing with it. Is that what you mean? Just like letting it ebb and flow and kind of embracing so. it more? Yeah, I think so. And I think it's like, you know, when you do something so much, you just kind of like aren't shocked with, I guess you're kind of like unfazed as much by um, a change mm. in your situation. And I think like in general, we change is a big deal for us like in all ways like change whatever yeah. that is and so like all of a sudden there's a change in like your climbing pattern and like you're unable to do it as much yeah you, i just feel like there's some times where you just have to succumb and just have to like realize that that's temporary and hopefully you know you can align things again to like then kick it up again and i've, I've gone through this shit like and i, I just had like you know 
in the last few years, one of the biggest periods of like, you know, the lowest points and picking that back up was like a fucking major fucking effort. Mm. Um, and we can get into all that. (laughs) (laughs) Circle. Uh, (laughs) Can circle back to that. Sure. Yeah. But man, it's, it's, it's like, I think it's important to surround yourself with people that are doing the things that you strive to do and okay. not like avoid that, even though it can be really fucking irritating. Okay. You know, I think that like, there's also ways to like, um, you know, allow other interests to come in and, and, and choose things that like, you know, the plan B's in life, you know, it's like, say you have an injury or something like that. When you tap into the plan B's, they can be so like revealing of like rad exposure and perspectives mm. to gain. And, uh, you know, it's always easier said than, than done and experienced. But like, those are periods that I think that like I've, I've learned to relish in now mm. after like, you know, doing this so much. Yeah. That resonates a lot with me. I think yeah, you, uh, I think you build a lot of trust in yourself and your body. Like I will get stronger again. You know, I tripped out so hard the first time I got a finger injury. Oh, bro, I was a bad. mess, man, and I knew it was coming. I knew it would happen eventually. You know, someday, because I saw it happen with all my strong friends. Like they go through it; it's part of the game. It and sucks. I thought I would. I thought it was like. <clears throat> You know, I'd kind of practiced my stoicism. I thought I was ready for it. And then I was a mess, man. Yeah. But then you you come back so quickly once you finally get on the right path. Right. The next time I, you know, had like a little hiatus from climbing, I felt so much more relaxed about it because I knew, mm. you know, it wasn't like derailing my entire climbing ability or whatever, you know, right. like it, it comes back quick and you build that trust. And so I think that makes it a lot easier to relax into those ebbs. I think that's cool. Yeah. It's like the first time of anything like that, it, it's pretty fucking intense, huh? Yeah. Like a finger injury that, you know, it's a tiny little piece of like <laughs> tissue that is literally like changing everything <laughs> that you want to do. And it's just, it's so irritating. And it, and it fucking, you know, it's like, it can be like nearly a year. Yeah. To me, like a, a, a pop pulley. Is that what you had? Like a busted yeah. pulley? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, was it, how, how long it lasts? Like nine months or something? Yeah. It was like February till I was probably climbing hard again in like September, October. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah. I was probably back to where I left off like in November or December. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, like it's almost nine a year. months, man. Yeah, yeah. It's almost a year and it's like frustrating as shit. Um, I've had, you know, slew of injuries over the years and I've, I've definitely hurt my fingers. It's probably the weakest part of my body is my fingers. Mm. It's like always the thing that I'm scared of hurting and always the thing that keeps me kind of paranoid. Mm. Every time I've hurt a finger, you know, it's been a big fucking deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a big fucking deal. But like, I just did it like again in February. It wasn't oh. a pulley, thankfully. It was like a fucking lumbrical, which is different. I don't even know what that is. It's like down in the hand. It's okay. basically like from like the, basically people get it from pulling on pockets like super extended mm. tendons like this rolling these fingers the side fingers back okay so you're going middle to the lumbar your... it was basically my my pointer finger okay it was a fucking perfect scenario too i was cold i've been drinking like a motherfucker the night before it's my friend's birthday <laughs> i was tired i was trying to turn up one last time on a fucking route and grab this like odd shaped hole like, yeah. a, like an arrowhead 
and like just yarded off that thing and it like popped oh. like my little puppy heard it like everyone's like oh i fell to the ground i like started crying people were like staring at me like what's wrong with him <laughs> like oh my god anyway the thing about a fucking injury man is you are able to progress again when you're making the comeback and like you gotta remember like it's we get, you know, with the the climbers who are, you know, trying their hardest all the time, we're always in this fucking mode of like tiny bits of progression. Like yeah. it never fucking happens, man. And when you do have something, it's like major. So when you get to like go back to the drawing board and like start learning and progressing again, like it's fucking, I almost get giddy over it. Mm -hmm. Not like I want a fucking injury or anything like that, right. but like I remember how good that feels. Yeah. And so that's like, you know an opportunity to like have that again yeah maybe. it's maybe the silver lining of a fucking injury it is it is i think that <laughs> i think that momentum can carry you through old plateaus you know you just ride that wave and ride yeah. it all the way up to the top that's that's all. and i mean that's what you did I, yeah exactly right? I february think that, like, was your injury sides with like those down times in maybe your specific climbing life like when you're feeling like you know you're plateaued yeah like shit's not as stimulating as it was and like you know, your interests are maybe like conflicting. Um, it's the same thing. You know, it's like in due time, you'll find your mode mm. to like start stressing the body again and like doing that shit you love to do. Mm -hmm. I'm just shrugging right here. Maybe, maybe that's in line <laughs> with what you're saying. Shrug. <laughs> I hope. Shit. Let's. I want to hear more about Kinder Cakes. Let's um, go. Let's go, man. Let's talk about it. All right, Kinder Cakes. Um, well, when it, do you, yeah, how did you find it? What what got you? Were you excited about it right when you saw it, or did it take yes. time? Did it have to like reveal itself to you? A little bit of both, because um, for people that haven't visited the Skull Cave, I mean, like the first time you walk up into the Skull Cave, you're like, ugh, totally, man. <laughs> exactly. Like the, all the walls are like kind of green or like dark green or black. It's yeah. like it it looks like it's all slime, but it's not. Totally, it's just like. It's not a good vibe in there. Yeah, it's kind it's of a dark, it's kind of dark dirty, and gnarly. dusty. Totally, it's yeah. not a good vibe in there. Yeah, I mean, I actually really love it in some that way now because <laughs> uh -huh. like yeah. um, it was like my home for like fucking months. Yeah. But um, so yeah, like I'll just kick it off with um, the first thing I put up in that cave was diarrhea mouth. Okay. Okay, and that was like basically a branch off of the classic cracked open sky which is a 13D. Okay. Diarrhea mouth ended up being a 9A, 14D. And um, like the the whole cave to me. Can I ask where that name came from? Yeah, I'm about to explain okay. right now, man. Because okay. it's a fucked up, it's totally fucked up. It's like the best worst name ever. And people got like <laughs> mad at me about this shit. I'm like, yo, seriously? Yeah. This is the funniest thing is, okay, let me just tell you. So <laughs> you walk in the cave and like you're saying, it's just gross, it's dingy, it's green. It's like, it's, just multicolored, like gross. To me, it looks like what the inside of like a sewer would look like. Exactly. Like some subterranean pipe. Yeah. <laughs> and so- Like Mutant Ninja Turtles. Exactly, dog. <laughs> this is exactly, we're on the same page here. So I started coming up with names. I'm like, all right, it's gotta be sewer themed. It's gotta be like, I was coming up with like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle theme. I'm like, do we call it like Splinter? Do we call it like, I was just going to call it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I have like a lot of these like weird like 80s, Seriously? 80s kids names. I literally was going to call it Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But I'm like, that's a lot of syllables yeah. for a fucking name. Yeah. And so we're sitting in my van. It was super funny. It was me. 
it was John Cardwell, Matty Hong, I think somebody else, and and Lindsay. So we're coming up with a name together. And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm going on this Ninja Turtle theme, sewer theme. And Lindsay just blurts out. She's like, why don't you just call it Diarrhea Mouth? <laughs> and like fucking just out of the blue. And everybody just kind of stopped and looked at her. And I'm like, boom. I'm like, <laughs> That's the fucking name. Just grab her face Fuck and kiss it. her. I literally, yeah, probably, I think I did too. I was like, boom, I love you. That's the name. So everybody was like, that's a fucked up name. I'm, we're all, me and Lindsay, we like kind of like shock value in things. So we're like, that's I can the see, name. I can see it. That's, yeah, that's it. <clears throat> so we just went with it. Lindsay gave it the name. That's the funniest part. Did that part. come from anything or did she? Literally just... nothing. Lindsay just blurted that shit out. That's completely so funny. Randomly. All right. And like, that's the story, man. It's like goofy <laughs> and irrelevant as that is. That's the story. Yeah. Um, but it coincides with like, you know, the cave's horrible. It's got this giant like feature that like I call the mouth. It's like the start of like the crux of the diarrhea mouth crux, which is also the start of like the red point crux for kinder cakes. Okay. So it intersects right through the diarrhea mouth crux. Okay. Much yeah. easier start versus Kinder Cakes. Totally. Same finish. Totally. You're Does right. it share the whole the whole finish? No, just the crux. Oh, okay. Just the crux. Cool. Yeah. It's this really like That's cool. quaint little visitation through the, the, the cross. Of, it's literally like a, you know, if you if you want to look at it, Kinder Cake starts in the very back of the cave and comes straight through the middle of the cave and straight up and out the cave. Mm -hmm. Diarrhea mouth kicks up to like the lip of the cave traverses like you know the lip or a little bit underneath the lip of the cave all the way across the entire cave okay i just said cave like 80 times <laughs> okay so it, it basically they do a giant t and they have this okay. like cool quaint little like visiting section of the most horrendous climbing like in, in <laughs> maybe all of rifle for fuck's sake that, that crux is nasty you got to do it twice oh god way more than twice <laughs> yeah two epics yeah worth. so I mean, Kinder Cakes is like my hardest climb. Um, I'm I'm really proud of it. It's it's I'm I'm actually really happy that uh, Carlo Traversi and Maddie Hong are climbing on it a bit right now, and it's nice to like get some sort of feedback from my friends and and kind of have them like you know tell me their thoughts, and I just yeah. love to hear it. You know, I'm like, yeah. what is it like? Tell me what you think. Talk to me. Give me words. 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 Let me know what your thoughts are. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, they they. Are like yeah, it's it's fucking hard. It's hard. How it's good a lot does that of hard feel? Climbing. It feels really good. I'm all, you always like, as a first ascent, like first yeah. ascent, you're always questioning. Like I think, man, like yeah. I really believe this is fucking gnarly. Like in everything <laughs> I've done, comparing it, and and you also kind of go with like a little bit of like reluctance. You're like, I don't know if I should go that hard with like the grade, right. or I don't know if I should go that hard with like the way I'm feeling. It is. You gotta humble it down a little. <laughs> Because you've had you've had a few now that have been kind of cusp, right? Cusp. Yeah. Totally. Bone tomahawk. That's cusp. I mean, yeah. Cam thinks it's 9A+. Plus. Yeah. Cam's done a grip of 9As. Dude, I could see that as 9A+, plus too. Yeah. Jonathan Seegers thinks it's 9A+. Plus. I, I honestly- Oh, sick. Yeah. He, he was the one who suggested 9A+. Plus first okay i think i said it was 9a in the beginning i was like i'm scared <laughs> you know it's like ego like my fragile ego let's protect it and just keep it what i don't want it to be but i yeah you know, i mean upgrades feel a lot better than downgrades yeah, exactly i'd rather yeah. be upgraded and that's you know it's kind of goofy that whole picture it's yeah like, you know totally. like you just fucking throw it out and and i find it really corny for the people that like i don't think this way but i find it really corny when people think it's like a big diss 
because it ain't a fucking diss and maybe it's it is a, a diss. maybe some people like do it intentionally to like diss the, the first ascension yeah like there's some fucking turmoil between them or something i don't right. know but like i find it really corny when people like automatically like Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like no 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 i ain't like that like well yeah fuck you now you're making it like that because you're making yeah. it like that yeah but um it's just how it works it's better, just how it works beta, dude. more like, eyeballs on the sequences totally and, yeah and it's like you know change what? like the only way you'll know is from repetitions and the only way you'll know is like with your suggestion is when you really think wholeheartedly and you compare it to everything you've done and everything in your catalog and like acknowledging what that style is for you because mm -hmm. is it in your wheelhouse is that your flavor of climbing because with really difficult climbing with your hardest shit it's going to be your style mm. and don't avoid it because you're thoroughly playing yourself if you're trying to do something that's not your style like mm. sure you can go to work and educate that way and all that and that's great you should but and honestly man like respect but for you to reach your fucking maximum level you got to pick your style and I, I bank on that one yeah so this was my style like hands down you know it's like very physical super steep muscly as fuck like that's kind of like the thing i'm decent at um is that is that fingers like do you seek that out because of of the finger like feeling like your fingers are your weakest point so you stick uh, with like steep cave stuff with bigger holds maybe i think i'm more comfortable okay. but i'm also like I, I like have more fun and i'm like kind of better at it okay so i'm like i'm just kind of like in in like a, a mode of like we because when know? i think of you i mean like i ha actually have a note here like hurricane wicked cave skull cave fin cave woman cave yeah like all the places that you spend yeah. time have caves. been have <laughs> i love the caves man and and like yeah it's not to say i like i can't do fingery shit like diarrhea mouth fucking kinder case that's fingery shit man mm. like i trained fingers hardcore before i came here yeah like you're on your fingertips Maybe they're not like the tips that like, you know, like necessary evil style fingertips, like just the tip tips. Right. But like you're on your fucking fingers, man, with shitty feet and really fucking charging through hard climbing with it. So uh, I'm very comfortable like doing hard fingery stuff as long as it's like, you know, I'm, I'm like strong enough to handle it. Okay. You know, it's like I have to prepare. Um, you know, I, I can go to places that are fingery. I just don't really like it. Like mm -hmm. your area, Smith Rock, holy shit. Like respect <laughs> to the people who really kill it there. That's, Dude, that's hard. It is, man. It's so hard. It man. is. I hit a I hit a ceiling there for sure. Oh, uh, god dang. That's tough. But <clears throat> I uh, feel like I interrupted you though. Yeah, I, I don't you, know. I'm I'm yammering on. Yeah. Sorry. Well, Kinder Cakes, you were kind of I'd love to just hear the breakdown. Let's just go with that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So describe the root. Breakdown. More. Um, I put a midway anchor in because I really like those and I feel like they cater to uh, be more accessible for people of like, you know, someone who's not out to climb like 515, you know, someone who wants to like climb like 14 minus, this is a good option for them. So that pitch to the first anchor is called Cupcake and it's 14B. And that is like a two minute effort of like, like maybe two V9s or two V10s kind of connected. Oof. Yeah, with like a tiny little shake and... It's hard, man. You know, it's like really goey climbing. It's it's probably horizontal in like the first third. And then you have this like beautiful bulge that has like, it's very much shaped like a cupcake or like a muffin. It's just mm. like this nice rounded shape that leads up to like where um, another roof joins. So you get to that base of that roof and that's where the anchor is and you get a knee bar there and you shake hardcore. And um my the norms for the amount of time i'd rest there would be like seven minutes 
Okay. Like just switching knees. It's like a one knee kind of station. You just switch a knee, switch a knee, rest, rest, rest. You no know. hands or? You can take hands off. Yep. Okay. Straight up. Take your hands off. I mean, you know, you're still being taxed. Yeah. You're not like, you know, you're fucking hanging on a wall on a roof. You're not like, I'm chilling. I'm yeah. standing on the ground. You know, you're, you're resting well, but you're on a wall. Yeah. And then leaving that to enter the crux to get to the mouth, right? To get to the mouth hold. I'd say it's about a 13 B or C section. So maybe like a long, like V9. And that's where it's like full horizontal again. You do like some feet first shit. It's really cool. Like really fun climbing. That's probably like the easiest portion of the route. Wow. And um, that, yeah, it's funny, man. When you climb on, on routes so much, they just become so like tuned and dialed in your body that like you just don't think of them as being hard anymore. So I would, I would just jam through that for like warm up and all that. It was like the pleasant part of the climb. <laughs> <laughs> then you get to the fucking crux and that's the diarrhea mouth crux. That's, it's probably like a V10, I think. I think, I mean, people have said anything from like V9 to fucking, I think someone said like V12. Wow. Yeah. So it's in that area. It's, it's gnarly, man. It's a mean five move, super intense, um, crux, horrible feet, odd body position. And with the last move kind of being the culmination of like, you know, the build and, and sticking the last move is kind of the hardest move. I think when you're tired, doing that move is just like desperate. Mm. So you stick that move and it took me like fucking almost three months total of like climbing, you know, last year and then this year yeah, to stick that move. When I finally stuck that move from the ground, I had near, near sticks prior to that. Yeah. Near, near sticks. <laughs> Can you use that term? <laughs> yeah. Near stucks. And um, when I finally stuck it, it was like a random day. It, the conditions weren't amazing. I didn't feel amazing. It was just like regular everything. I, my mind was regular. Everything was just very regular. You know, nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Uh-huh. Stuck the fucking hole. It was like, oh shit. Everything was like, you know, like Super Mario, like fucking gets like the boop, 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 like fucking energized thing. I felt like that. I was like, oh shit. Got to the rest. And there's this perfect like horizontal flat, like it's like a curb. You're just like on this curb at the lip of the cave. And from there to the top, you have like one more, I think like V8. And I remember like just being nervous as shit on that Dude, jug. I bet. I was I was freaking out, man. And like, you know, all I could think of was like, all right, I've made it here. Uh, what the fuck's this next bit going to be like? Like, don't fuck this up, man. And uh, getting through that next section was very secure. I didn't have any like nice. blips or anything like that, thankfully. But it took a minute to leave. I was just like, should I leave? Should I stay? Should totally, I leave? Or should I stay? Totally. Oh my God. <laughs> Such a fucking intense moment. Man, what a feeling, dude. And then pulling onto the slab, like I put my cheek to the wall. I think I even like, like, I may have like kissed the rock or like touched it with my tongue or something weird. <laughs> just it was like my it was like my baby, you know? It was like wow. I loved it. I loved it. And I was like, all of a sudden, I I had just hit this new level of love. And it was just this really intense moment that like I I just felt like you know, I was glowing. Wow, like, man. Clipped the anchor, sat in the harness, and it was just like, wow, I can't believe where I am, man. Like I finally got <laughs> got to this, got to this anchor. Wow. Yeah. Emotional stuff. Like, you know, it, it, it's it's what it's all about, right? You know, like getting to the top, you know. I think that that's kind of like a secure thing in in, in climbing period. It's like it's about getting to the top. We want to get to the top. But there's so much of like the travel and the journey and like the fucking emotion and like all the nonsense we were just talking about that goes into it. And like, 
you know, when, when it all culminates and it's like, it puts you in this moment, it's like a really special thing. Mm. And like, I, I fucking live for that, man. Like if I, <laughs> and I don't want it all the time. Like I really mm. don't. Cause I want it to be like this. That special. That special. Yeah. So cool, man. It's That's cool. Uh, special moments, man. <laughs> I'm like living it. I'm like, yeah, I'm like living <laughs> cool. it through you right That's now. Cool, I love man. it. It's so cool. <laughs> what, what did the following... What did it feel like afterwards? You um, were glowing for at least a, a week. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. Did you party afterwards? I mean, you, you got back to work pretty quick. I did, literally. Like, I, I'll just ex- explain the ensuing days. So, like, that day, <laughs> the rest of the day, I just had, like, a stomach ache. Huh. It was weird. I've never, I, like, never have stomach aches. I, like, don't have any really, you know, gnarly health issues, really, with my stomach. And I just had this like stomach ache. It was like this anxiety ridden kind of like twisted release of stress maybe. Whoa. And I kept like wanting to, wanting it to go away and I took a walk by myself and I don't know. I didn't, it, whatever. Like it, I just realized that maybe I had just like released something that I'd been really holding on to for a mm. long time. Like I put a lot of energy into this man, like a lot of energy. And it wasn't just like in that moment. It was like before. It was like, you know, I really wanted to do this all year. We planned this yeah. trip and I prepared. Trained all summer trained, for it. Yeah, trained beforehand. And, um, but it was great, man. Like I literally the rest of that day, I went and did like one more climb. What'd you uh, do? It was a 13C of Stevie Damboys. It's called Wet Nurse. Okay. It's not the nicest Stevie. I'm sorry, bro. But it's, it's just, <laughs> I think Stevie would even say the same thing. It's like not the hottest route to go climb but yeah i hadn't done it and it was next to Lindsay's project and, okay um i was like man i'll fucking do this thing did that one that was really nice i was like wow i'm like i'm feeling good <laughs> literally i belayed Lindsay a bit on her route and um i went to work right away on the goonies project i just started fuck it man i'm gonna jug the rope start cleaning wow that day wow got to work <laughs> damn <laughs> I'm a worker, dog. Like, yeah. I keep it going, man. Like, like you say, like, gotta keep that progress moving. It's very important to like, yeah, you know, and and like, I think maybe I should have just chilled and like walked around and just like chopped it up with friends and just been in like a jolly mood. But I don't know, man. My energy's like my fucking dogs. Like, I need to like fucking do something. I need to like work. I need to have that thing. And when I'm void of it, I'm like, uh, what do I do? What do I do? gotta keep that like you know yeah that, that, that interest going yeah did you par- <laughs> did you party that night or celebrate i got shit faced man <laughs> okay Fuck yeah i did <laughs> there we go margaritas at the yeah, mexican no, we, place or we, what we went to sushi okay yeah it was fun man we went me and Lindsay. we were posted up over in carbondale um <laughs> renting dan Mursky's house and we're like all right let's go to that sushi joint that we keep hearing about and just like splurged, man. Had some like amazing food. Just me and Lindsay. It was just such a great moment, man. Mm-hmm. Like just the day. She was really proud. And it feels so good when your wife is like really proud. Oh, You know, it's man. like, that's a really special feeling. It's like sometimes she looks at me, she's like, you're fucking obsessed idiot. Like chill with that <laughs> obsessive climate shit. But then she like, when she's really looking at you in those moments where she's like really proud, it's amazing. And we drank, <laughs> drank like Japanese whiskey, which was really good. And I've never really drank in Japanese whiskey before. And got some samples of that. And yeah, man. I remember, we walked home, and I definitely remember looking at my shadow, you know, like in the in the street lights, and like seeing my body wavering. I was like, <laughs> I'm hammered. <laughs> I deserve it. That's I deserve cool. it. <laughs> I'm all right. Yeah, man. Yeah. 
Amazing. How does it stack up? I mean, I know Bone Tomahawk was a big one. I know you've had Life of Villains oh, and yeah. like Activate. Like there's been some big ones. This um, is harder than all that shit. Does it does it mean more? Is it um it no, it doesn't mean more. Well, okay. I mean they all mean the same, man. They're all like my babies. Yeah. They're all my babies. Like yeah. they really are. Like I tr- I like kind of have you, like you've a, invested this much in climbs before? Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. More. 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 Yeah. Straight up. Yeah, I remember it's funny. I remember you saying <laughs> probably a week ago, you're like, Yeah, this it actually didn't take didn't take that long. And it then didn't. like three months of effort over two years. I'm like Yeah. Puts things in perspective that that yeah. isn't long for you. No. I'm like, this guy has put some work in on some climbs. I, I got like a lot of respect for the folks that like do things really like quickly, like yeah. do these really high levels fast. I, you know, at the end of the day, man, like we do what we can. Yeah. You know, we do what we can. We have the body we have. We have like the time that we that we are allotted. We have the genetic skin. We have like the fucking what we're given we do what we can with mm. and um yeah man like i i've tried roots a lot longer than that mm. and you know i've never really wanted to be like the best climber or like you know as as a professional climber i didn't really care about like you know meeting some sort of like high end standards i was always more interested in just kind of maintaining and doing the best i could you know with what i have and I think that that's like kind of innate in everybody as a, as a climber. I love that. I, I do have a question about it because there are, like you have a very distinct approach, you know, and I think I've listened to some other, other interviews with you and in our conversations, you've talked about this too, where you learn pretty early on, like you pick a hard route and you work it. Like yeah. that's what you learn. That's what you do. And it resonated with you, like this blue collar work ethic. Yeah. And that works. I mean, that's like the Chris Sharma thing, right? Like, that got him to 15C. Yeah. Um, that's so different from, from what we've seen in like, you know, the Andres and the the Schuberts and, uh, yeah. you know, Adam, Alex Magos and like people like that that are just <laughs> always ticking off lots of climbs a little bit further within their ability. Yeah. And when they really have to, like basically when Adam runs out of roots in the world to do, <laughs> he's like, I'll put some time in on this hard thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm curious if you ever like how you think about those two different strategies, if you ever, if you'd go back and change anything as far as your progression in climbing, or if if you've tried that other way of like, yeah, trying to do, you know, I have for you, maybe it'd be like a whole season. I'm just going to climb 14 A's and B's and do a shitload of them. Yeah. See, I I find that boring. You find it boring. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not interested. Yeah. Like, I mean, I grew up like with Dave Graham, Luke Parody, Brett Myers, Tim Kemple, Mike Coolero, Eric Musial, Ward Smith, these fucking hard hitters from New England. And we had very little exposure to like anything outside of like our little world in New England. Mm. And so like the way we went about climbing was like you you, you pick a goal and you just go to work on it. Mm. And maybe I learned that way and that was just like what taught me. Or maybe I had something already in me that was like so goal oriented that like this kind of fulfilled that need to, you know whatever complete and um yeah man i usually just get bored with like climbing things that i can just simply do i like the fucking uh, odd the odd allure of something that doesn't just simply reveal itself Mm. i find that a little more engaging yeah yeah how has your preparation for hard projects evolved 
in the last few years. Yeah. So I, I know you're training more now. Yeah. Yeah. So like I haven't had the kind of time or I guess availability to put into training for something specific in maybe like the past three years. And it's primarily because, you know, I don't make a living as a, as a pro climber anymore. I don't have just like that free time to do whatever the fuck I want and like, you know, go to the gym all day. And so this period of time we allotted for a preparation for this route. And, and I'm making a living now in a way that like I can utilize free time more. And I'm really grateful for the way I'm making a living. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing kind of odd things that like keeps me with the time to put into climbing. Okay. So you like kind of crafted your year's work. Correct. Around this, the, you, you gave yourself space, I guess, to space. prepare for this specific route. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, man. And, and I had learned how to train with... Dan Mursky, Sam Elias, Chris Peters, and Justin Shong. Like I had no experience with fucking training before. And I don't yeah, honestly BD like boot camp thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I honestly like kind of mocked it. I was always like, ah, y'all gotta train. Like mm-hmm. that's some weak shit. Like, you know, <laughs> what the fuck? Just go to the cliff and go climbing. Yeah. Go to the cliff. That's where you that's where it really matters. That's where it really counts. And, you know, it was literally like just lack of knowledge i was fucking ignorant is all hell to it yeah and so i i did this like whole summer of training with these guys and um i think they were pretty annoyed me a lot because i was always like <laughs> not taking it that seriously and and like i i just thought it was kind of goofy i'm like why the fuck am i doing this exercise how is this gonna apply to me climbing whatever whatever level and um whatever i just put the head down and learned and just went about it anyway that was my first experience with training and it fucking worked. Mm. Like I had like one of the best seasons like ever after that period. And so I was like, okay, <laughs> check. <laughs> this shit is like not for the birds. This actually works. And um, so since then I've like, I've communicated a lot with Eric Hurst, okay. who I find a really fascinating person. He's, I, I grew up reading his books. Um, he was, he's like, is thick as it gets with sports science um knowledge he loves it Mm -hmm. he goes to like these seminars he speaks at them he's one of the most educated people in sports science i know of i'm sure there's others that are like amazing as well but eric hurst is my exposure Mm. i I did training with patchy yusabiaga yeah i did i basically just kind of took all of these little bits from each experience i've had training plus asking questions with like other folks and applied what I've, what I've seen help me. And so I've, I've kind of developed maybe like my own pro program. Your own like hybrid of all those things. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That like I've used over and over to basically align me for a specific route for a specific goal, because that's, that's the most important thing for me when it comes to training is like to have the goal, know what the goal entails mm. and then train specifically for that. It's like, I don't, I don't want to go train. Like I don't want to go to the fucking gym and like beat the shit out of myself and like never feel good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty hard on your body. And yeah. Like, you're not climbing awesome when you're doing that. You're not climbing awesome. And if you do, you're like probably not training hard enough. You know <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, it, it, to have a, the goal to like 
you know, keep in mind when you're going through the drudgery of it all, um, really puts things in perspective and gives a reason for it all. Mm -hmm. So that's been kind of like, um, the way I approach, man. And I'll I'll continue doing this as far as I can, you know, I'm 41 now Mm. and I've literally had probably one of the best years I've had in my climbing in like my life, man. Like, you know, it's like for all the young bucks listening right now, you got time, (sighs) you know, like, don't oh. don't slow roll, but like understand that you can climb really fucking hard for a long time, and likely reach goals that you've you've had in the bank, and and keep them very much alive because I think that like you're all capable out there. I'm pointing at my mic and I'm pointing at all <laughs> you folks listening. You're very capable. You just have to really have the desire and the time to set aside to prepare for like your really big challenges. Mm. You can fucking do them. Oh, that makes me feel so psyched, dude. <laughs> yeah, man, I need that, man. I'm 32 and I, I, I need to like believe. You you're know? good, dude. You're good. There's that, plenty of time. Yeah. Just, you know, like. Keep punching the clock. Stay hungry, dude. Mm. Keep punching the clock, you know. Allow there to be down times. You know, mm. it's okay. Mm. It's okay. Okay. Well, I want to, I want to ask you a little bit more about like the big picture of, of how all this stuff fits in balance. Because. I'm sure there's some people listening to this that like have the siege the rock climb approach that still have never jumped on board with training that might, you know, they might get interested based on what you're saying. What I'm guessing though is that way more people listening to this do a shitload of the training stuff, never actually do all the rock climbing, right? So I'm I'm really curious what the balance of it looks like maybe within mm. the year. Um maybe we can talk about like where you were at uh, earlier this year, mm. what the training process looked like towards this climb and, and how you led mm. up to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I want, I want to make sure we get that like yeah. 3000 foot view okay. of your year, like how much time you're actually spending doing this versus okay. sieging different climbs versus downtime, what that right. looks like. Okay. So let's just say this, like COVID was weird. <laughs> you know uh, let's just say that <laughs> we just you know like that jarred all of us in yeah. ways that you know the the varieties stretches across the fucking board how it jarred everybody but you know i didn't have access to a climbing gym i'm sure a lot of people were kind of like kept out their climbing gym as well and basically i i isolated and started bouldering by myself doing things i could do alone outside yeah outside um, on a, this really beautiful spot that is now closed, unfortunately. It's in Southern Utah. It's in, uh, well, I don't even want to say where it is in case someone goes, wants to go yeah, try to yeah. find it. But basically it was a great place to like use as like a laboratory for just me. And I go there with my dogs and um, Like ownership, property ownership changed or something? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Owners took over the land and built a house. And so it's okay. off limits now. It's really unfortunate because it was such a good spot. So I, I utilize that spot for just a mode of like fun and satisfaction and to keep kind of like climber sane. And um, that was, you know, unfortunately shut down and the season started and I basically had a goal to climb the activator. And so I had a lot of this sort of like bouldering strength that I had been like working at mm-hmm. as well. Like I was climbing on kinder cakes a shit ton. Activators fourteen D in the hurricane. It's probably more actually. I think it may be fifteen A. Sick. Yeah, and so does Jonathan. Yeah, he he was one. He's like, bro, you should just grade it fifteen A. He's like, if it were mine, I'd call it fifteen A. Dude, it's probably Jonathan's not like he doesn't give away grades either. He's (laughs) he's strict. He knows his shit, man. He knows his shit. I I love his perspective on things because he's like, 
really like blunt about mm-hmm. it. He mm-hmm. isn't like, eh, it could be this. He's like, no, nah, man, it's this. I did this. He's like really like cut and dry. I'm like, cool, man. That's sick. I mean, he would know better than just about anybody. Totally. Totally. And that one was like an old project of yours an or old project. My God, that was like the first. I know I'm derailing us, really, but uh, no, it's okay. It's okay. Well, yeah. Let's stay on track. Anyway, I, I went to work on that. <laughs> okay. And that was like a <laughs> giant project for me. And I had like, you know, <clears throat> put in work over the year prior. So I had all of the kind of Intel. I just needed to arrive with like a better fitness, which I think I did. And like, usually with hard climbs, I'll just go to work on the hard climb and like gain fitness that I'm lacking in other ways just by climbing on the hard route. I think okay. that's a good, like fill the gap kind of element of like really difficult climbing. You can't get all that shit in the gym. You won't. Mm. You won't. You won't get the sensation. You won't get the fucking weird emotion shit you get with climbing on rock and like mm. clipping and belaying and all the shit that comes into play. Training the weird rests and totally. Yeah. All of that stuff is like very like a minute sort of uh experience and sensation with the climb or with a climb that, you know, you're interested in doing. Anyway, uh got that done in like maybe February. And that was a big deal. And then I had an injury, which sucked. So I was pre- I was pretty much on my ass for like the finger. Yeah, the finger. I was pretty. I was like peaking, fully like peaking. I was like, holy shit, I can do anything. <laughs> Pound on my chest. I started trying like another like link up in the hurricane because it's just filled with fucking link ups. It's like it's yeah. hilarious. And this was like a really hard one. And I was like, I'm gonna do this thing maybe. And that was like you know whatever. Hurt the finger. Was on the couch, um, for a good while. And I think. Cam Hurst came into town, I think, in like May. Were you, were you trying to like train around it, do anything, or you just I did. Chilling? I I tried, and usually I just get depressed. Yeah, and yeah. I can't it's climb. It's so hard, dude. It's so hard. If you can't use your finger, you can't like hang from a bar, even like for real. All you, I don't know. It, it was like that. I, it's I, not much you can do. It was maybe like a um three three weeks to a month until i started to kind of like weight it again okay like on the hangboard and like i rehabbed it with the hangboard and um you know just took time i just really like went into the gym like every other day to kind of give it a little stress on the hangboard i had like a little protocol i would use and that helped a lot it really helped a lot and it put me back into position maybe like three months later to then start hard hitting again with cam so cam was really psyched to go out to the fin cave to try bone tomahawk which we were like just like raging on together it was really fun watching cam like go for that route which is like you know one of my best fucking first ascents and and watching him like as a climber he's he's a fucking badass man he's first off he's like the most sweet lovable guy he's like super like calm and easy to be around Cool. But then you get him on the rock and he's like a monster. He turns the <laughs> fuck up, dude. It's I amazing. love people that can do that. Yo, this kid's like, awesome. he's like that. He's like, that. He, That's on cool. the wall, he's just roaring. And I'm like, holy shit, is he just putting this on? And he's like, no, man, this is like real him. And he'll hit the end of the rope, be like, fuck. And then he just calms down. He's like real peaceful again. Like peaceful cam, like little like wow. birds chirping and like, you know, butterflies flying around him. He's like lovable guy. <laughs> anyway. Um, we went to work out there and I did like a one, like a 14A. And then I started to try an extension of bone tomahawk. The bone tomahawk extension, um, is savagely fucking hard. I think it's probably like a HC plus on its own, right. From like the last jug to like the, the lip of the cave. Wow. 
And so I started to integrate that by trying the 14A, the new 14A start from the ground into this extension. And uh, we call, I ended up doing it. I called it Big Claw. That was another mode of like keeping a rhythm going and, and some preparation. And then it was like summertime, it was too hot. And it was like, you know, what did we do? We just kind of like laid low. I think, you know, made money, just kind of like didn't put a whole lot of energy into climbing and still just getting outside here and there. Yeah, or? totally. Okay. Totally. Like, okay. like what the fuck did we do last summer? I mean, we just kind of like, we moved, man. We mm. like, relocated all this stuff and yeah, you we guys were just kind of Vegas. consumed with life. And um, then it was like, okay, I set everything up to have like a two month period of time to train for this, the Kinder Cakes project. And went to work in the gym, devoted my time for two months, climbed outside rarely. And um, yeah. So, you know, I like the majority of my time is spent climbing outside. Mm -hmm. Like I don't go to the gym to train a whole lot, but when I want to go purchase strength for a specific goal, mm. it is the most efficient and the most beneficial way to do so. I love what you just said. <laughs> That's a cool way of saying that. When right. I want to go purchase strength, I see for a it like specific that. climb. Yeah. I see it like that. It is. Yeah. You're, you go I mean, in. Time is money. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Time's all we have. Yeah. That's cool. So what was it, like July, August in the gym? You got it. And then September here? You got it, man. Yeah. And is that like the only time you spent in the gym pretty much in the last year? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, we did a bit actually like just because the new gym opened in St. George, which is like mm. where we were living. Oh, right. And summer was like- You were where, setting. You know, and... Yeah, it was like setting and just kind of like basically had that as like our our, our place to, you know, get the climbing fix. Mm -hmm. Climbing outside is just impossible. It's a hundred and fucking 10 <laughs> degrees every day, man. It's like, you don't even want to go outside. Uh, yeah. It's bad for your health down there. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up, man. Uh, yeah, I've, I really like it there. <laughs> I've thought about moving and that's like the biggest con in the cons list. It's summer. It it's, just says summer in the cons yeah. list. <laughs> summer. Caps. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the thing yeah. is, is like, it's three months. Yeah. Maybe okay. a little more. And, and so it's bad. like, not that bad. Yeah. You know, it's doable. That's true. Yeah. I've climbed, I've had decent conditions at the cathedral in like as late as May. For sure. Yeah. For sure. You and can. then there's higher areas than that too. So. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's not too dissimilar from Jonathan. I mean, he'll just like yeah. put his head down for like a six week block yeah, and then try to do his nine B and then like go back to sending everything or totally. whatever he it's, does. It, him and Jonathan and John Cardwell both said they're like, you know, like the best part of like sending or one of the best parts of sending is when you get to go and use the training mm. to just like climb a bunch of other shit. And, and they both yeah. said that to me. I never really thought of that. I was always like, yeah. You know, like this is, they're absolutely right. It's like, yeah, you're, you're that's fully cool. enjoying climbing in like a level that like you can't always just enjoy because it's really fucking hard, you know? Yeah. So like going to climb like 14 A's and B's and shit like that, like are more enjoyable. You're like, I'm already, you know, a level up. So yes. this isn't that hard as normal. Yeah. Do you, you enjoy it more having done like the thing? Yeah. Totally. You've been doing more of it this last like couple of weeks. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. It's been fun, man. Climb, climb new one today, new first ascent. It's like, yay. How hard did that end up being? I, I don't know. Maybe 13D or 14A. Okay. 13D or 14A, okay. I think. I'm a little confused. I, I feel like I need to like <laughs> fucking do it again. Like seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Go and like climb the thing again. Like, I guess, I don't know, calibrate and 
try another 13d in the same zone and okay compare them maybe yeah yeah what uh have you done all the moves on the rest of the climb i did almost all of them today okay i went up and tried the second part okay it's sick do you it's have really like, cool. any guess as to how hard the whole thing um, is? I'm going to guess. So let's just say part one's 14A. Sort of a rest. Not much of a rest, actually. By the anchor. I think you're not like it doesn't comfortable. Look it's odd great. with the feet. Yeah. I'd, I'd say to the top, it's harder than that. So I'd say to the top is maybe like 14B, maybe 14C. From the first anchor. From the first anchor to the okay. top. Yeah. And so you're probably looking at 9A. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Another 9A. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another 9A in the fucking Wicked Cave. What the hell, man? <laughs> I feel like I need to get the hell out of rifle for a minute. Like, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm yeah. I'm kind of tired of it, man. I love it and shit. <laughs> Just like, you know, Kinder Cakes kept me here. So right. now it's time to move on. I have other projects that I'm really excited about at the moment. So. Yeah. Life's good, dude. Life's good. <laughs> <laughs> one uh, one quick question, um, and then I want to go into that two months of training a little bit deeper. We don't have to uh, do all the like nuts and bolts of it, but bone tomahawk. So it's yeah. either 14D or 15A into a 14C. Yeah. What does that add up to? I, I What's think the algorithm? I'm assuming it's like 9B. Okay. Yeah. 15B. So you're basically like the whole extension. It's beautiful. This is like... This is like the pipe dream route for me. I think it may be too much for me, man. Like it's so fucking gnarly. And it took me a ton of effort to do Big Claw, which is like the 14A start to the extension. Okay. And I think that may be close to 9A. Like I'm just like kind of revisiting in my mind and my sensations. Like yesterday I started to think about that. I'm like, that thing may be 9A actually. What did you give it at the time? 14C, okay. 8C plus, 8C yeah. plus. And I'm like, I don't know. I was a little bit like, yo, anybody with like really bomb endurance can like handle this shit, but it's like really continuous climbing and and almost like risky climbing too, where you can fuck up a lot. Mm. You just kind of peel off bad feet, like mm. really bizarre tension and putting that at the ending of bone tomahawk. Like, you know, it's like probably <clears throat> maybe like another 50 moves. It's another nine bolts. So you do bone tomahawk to the very ending jug. You don't go to like straight up to the anchor. You avoid like that little V6 exit. You okay. stay at the glory jug and you shake with like really bullshit feet. It's not the best rest. Like you can maybe gain like, I don't know, 25% energy for a ways. Mm. And then you immediately tap into like 8C plus fucking endurance. Wow. Like, like I said, tension, bad feet, arduous, risky. So I'm gonna guess that's probably nine B. It's it's fucking gnarly, man. Sick. Yeah, all the links I've tried, I've just gotten blown. <laughs> it's just like, okay, this is fucked up, man. Like that's not happening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Does that one? Do you feel like you want to open that one up? Is that open? I think it's probably gonna be opened up soon. I, Daniel and Jonathan were like, so what? What you want to do, man? Like, is it open? I'm like, I kind of want to try, like. Give me a fucking Daniel minute. Woods. Yeah, Daniel Woods. Yeah. He's like, I really want to try it. It's really <laughs> fucking sick, dude. That's probably the best line in the world. And um, I'm like, yeah, man. I mean, I know y'all want it, but like, give me a minute because like, I kind of got to like rule it out. <laughs> let me let me rule it out, y'all. Yeah. yeah. And um, that's cool. Like, 
I yeah, they're all cool with it, man. Like yeah. Daniel has to do Bone Tomahawk still. And Jonathan's got a gazillion projects that he's not super breathing down my neck on it, even though I know he really wants to try it. And okay. I'm I'm <laughs> you know, I don't want to be like a stingy guy and shit like that because it may just literally be too much for me. Yeah. So I need just like, you know, probably this season I'll go and like tap in because my levels are up a little bit. So now would be like the time to go sample. Okay. And if it is possible and somewhat feasible. I'll go back to the gym, go back to that fucking, you know, cha-ching, get my strength and go try. <laughs> okay. <laughs> go through the motions. Perfect. Perfect segue back into that. Let's talk about that. So training. Yeah. Trading time, paying for strength, buying strength, whatever, however you said it. I love it. Um, what does that look like? What do those two months look like? So I, I honestly think the one thing I learned with this last season was like I, I allotted two months and I went at it for two months. I think two months was too long. Okay. I think I had what I needed in like around six weeks. Okay. And so I was kind of impressed with that because I always heard people's like, six weeks block, six week block. Six weeks, I was kind of ready to go, man. And mm. I was fucking over it in the gym. Mm. Um, For me, my biggest interests are always getting my strength and my power up. Um, As like someone who primarily sport climbs, like that's the thing I'm always lacking in. Like my endurance game, man, I don't really need to train that. I'm very, I'm very fortunate that I can kind of adapt to the endurance level like quickly on the route itself. Yeah. So I'll arrive like with mediocre endurance. And I think Jonathan Segris does this, this as well. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard him say, but I really focus hard on fingers. I'll do like, I'll, I'll usually tap in like with like an hour and a half, I try not to go more than like an hour and a half of moonboarding okay. or hitting one of the boards period to really hit like that explosive kind of like hard fingery, uncomfortable stuff. And then I rest maybe like 20 to 20 minutes to like 40 minutes even. Then I'll do a whole uh, protocol of, of uh, strength training with the fingers. And I have a really cool protocol that I, I adopted from the, the Hearsts. It's a seven minute or sorry, seven second hang and a 53 second rest. Okay. And you hang three times. Okay. You go, you, you go seven on, 53 off, seven on, 53 off, seven on. Yeah. And each block of these three hangs, you increase the weight. So I call it a max hang repeater. So okay. I'll start at like, you know, for instance, 60 pounds on my body. I'll hang the three times. I usually try to complex it. If I'm feeling good, I'll do a complex. I'll after my third hang, drop the weight. I'll run over to the hang or the campus board, mm. and I'll do about like eight double bumps on mm. like the mid rungs or something like that to like okay. activate more of like a actual movement. Then I rest maybe five minutes. I want like full fucking recovery. And if I'm feeling tired, I'll rest like more. Mm. Usually not more than ten minutes, but like I I'm very strict about my resting periods. I want them to be like pretty acute and on the on the dot. And so anyway, I'll do usually three rounds, three to five. I always shoot for five, but I always end up end up doing like four at the most. Okay. Of these these max hang repeaters. So then I whatever I did sixty pounds. I'm gonna go. I'll do like seventy pounds. Big effort. What it's more effort like on whatever edge I'm hanging on, and drop the weight again. Eight doubles or just like max pull throughs. Both arms, chill five. And you can feel your body like like zinging in this great <laughs> period. You're like, holy shit, like this is like, you know, effective. Mm. Anyway, I do the, the th usually three rounds of that. And then 
I'll usually tap into weighted pull-ups. And that was a huge for me this season. Okay. Weighted pull-ups were fucking big, man. And that was like where I was noticing a lot of gains. Actually, I was noticing gains and all this stuff, but like that was where I was like having, um, I haven't done that in a while. So yeah. I was like noticing, I was feeling it a lot in my climbing. Okay. Like on those on those first day on, like where I would do it, like the moonboarding and like the the uh, anything else climbing wise, I would just notice like my my biceps and like my my pecs and everything having more strength and more power, which was cool. And so then like a day two would be. Um, that would be day A. Day two would usually be a um, a power. A, would it be like a 30-30 interval day? And I love fucking intervals, man. 30 second on, 30 second off intervals. Mm. And you climb six times. Okay. And I would try to do, I usually do about two rounds, but I would shoot for like four. Okay. Once in a while, I'd do like four rounds. So you climb six times, that's one round? Yeah. Okay. Six times. Is this, you're, you're is this on the board? Uh, no, you want something lower intensity. Okay. So that you want, you want your intensity about like 80% maximal. Okay. So you want it fucking hard. Like you want to be fucking trying, man. Yeah. Because it's 30 seconds. How many moves is 30 seconds? Um, it's it pretty depends, short, man. Huh? Like, it's like a boulder problem. I'm doing kind of a lot of like weird recycles and shit, but yeah, it's a boulder problem. Okay. 30, 30s are like quick. Okay. It's a fast and really effective ex- exercise that the hearse gave me and I fucking use it all the time. It's my it's my kryptonite go-to exercise for sport climbing. Sick. You, you it's really fucking intense, but like you don't get pumped. And you're you're breathing like medium. Yeah. But you're not pumped. It's not a fucking anaerobic right exercise. You're fully oxygenated. You're fully trying your ass you're off. You're like p- powering out more. Powering out. Yeah. You feel like your body's zinging when you're done with the with the workout. Is this like on a lower angle spray wall or like? Yeah, I was doing it on a spray wall. It was maybe like 30 degree spray wall. Okay. I would just kind of, I had like all these little systems made up that like, okay. I'd basically go in there for the warm up. I'd like kind of get going and then I'd make the problems up during the warm up. I'd like kind of do them, like kind of do the moves, then maybe like, do links or do the entirety of the thing and time it because that that takes a little bit of time to like create the climb that's going to work with the 30 second exercise okay so you basically just do that you remember it you're doing different ones each each workout yeah usually like round one i do one round two would be like the really hard one round three would be like the medium hard one okay be like increasing it'd be like crescendo like whoop whoop be like like you (laughs) know what i mean like medium hard hard like step up step back down a little bit easier than like or a little bit harder than like medium hard but a little bit easier than like your <laughs> okay okay <laughs> sorry okay yeah yeah man and that that was an exercise i do for like fucking a month so that so day one like, then day two then what after rest day. yeah rest day just chill and just that three-day cycle you just repeat that yep two days okay. two days climbing doing ac- ac- activities I would. I wouldn't run. I tried running, but I fucking hate it, man. Thank like, <laughs> you. Me too. Didn't really. How long does the thirty thirty workout take? It's like I think it's five and a half minutes, six minutes to do one round. To do one round, and then you're and then doing I would like, rest you're about, shooting for four. You shoot for four. Honestly, man, I think if you bang out two, yeah, and I would do two like wholeheartedly. I would always do two. Yeah. Once in a while, I would do three. I think one day I did four, and I was because I was just like jazzed the fuck up for some reason. <laughs> I was like, and. I didn't really need four. Okay. I needed two for sure. And it's really like taxing. Like your nervous system's already fucked from the day before. Right. From all that like super hard bouldering and the limit bouldering at 
fucking yeah. hour and a half. Yeah, it's a big day. It's a big day. And and that's like at least four hours of your day is like, you know, yeah, all that climbing and hanging and all that shit. And the the second day, the intervals were was always a little bit more attainable to me. I was never nervous. Like with hangs and like limit bouldering, I would always be like, it's really intense and like uncomfortable. So I was never like, oh, I'm having fun. It's always like, you know, have to really like gear the mind for yeah. it. Really like know you're going to be doing some things that are risky for the body mm. and maybe, you know, not not the most pleasant climbing. Um, but the intervals are... 80% maximal. So you're like, you know, you could be doing big holds. You could be doing small holds. I would try to have like anything geared towards kinder cakes, mm. you know? So I was always just doing like medium crimps and like fucking biceps and shit like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. And then you just repeat fucking it, dude, for a month. I did that. So just, one, sorry, day two, one round takes five minutes. How long do you rest? I'd rest 20 minutes in between. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Full, you want full recovery. full recovery. You don't want to be tired. Second round. So maybe that whole workout takes like an hour. It's pretty quick. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Got it's it. It's pretty quick. And then okay. like I tried doing arcing and shit like that, but that was more just like, I just get sweaty. And I, was like, I don't need this <laughs> shit, man. Yeah. I don't need this shit. Um, I was going to ask you one more question about the first day. What, just one uh, grip position on the hangboard? What were you training on half the hangboard? Cramp. Okay. I, I tried half cramp and I, I sampled with... My front three dropped the pinky mm-hmm. crimp, like oh. or half crimp. Sorry, like chisel, half, like chisel. Yeah, and that's a really fucked up grip for me. It's really hard. It's so hard. Yeah, I had to like remove weight to do it. it yeah, it's just really hard for me. Is there a hold like that on the garage? No. Okay, <laughs> just, <laughs> I was just experimenting. Yeah, like, let's try this. Yeah, and you know, like for me, the half crimp covers a a pretty good variety of grip positions. And like simple hand strength. Like I get a lot out of the half crimp. Okay. With that weight on it. And once you start recruitment, you feel it like in the session, the next day you're, you know, you're aware of like what you can do and what your baseline is. You basically kind of like can feel a lot per session in the half crimp and like just maintaining like really good form. Mm. Um, But man, like I think I was doing poor form in the end, like, cause I started to have like uh, like an odd kind of like slouch in my left side and my shoulder, like mm. in the very end of the training cycle. And I was really gr- glad I was in the end because I was having a really hard time like maintaining, um, well, interest in mm. doing fucking exercises when I had pain. I was like, all right, this is maybe the bad idea. Yeah, it gets I hard when stop. you're like, you really want to still be making progress. You're really pushing those numbers. Things are starting to get a little sketchy. It's hard to it's pump risky, the brakes man. and pull it back a little bit. Definitely. Yeah. And you're automatically taking risks with your body when you're training. Yeah. And so just like, you know, anybody listening, just like, don't go 100% right away. You know, yeah. You got to build. And I think of training like is like a callus. You need to kind of like nurture mm. a callus. You want it to build. You like want the kickboxers like, that like work their shins. Totally, dude. Like that. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. And and climbing and training, climbing specific training, it's thought of the same way. You just mm. have to like build. And you if you don't have a base of that, it's really easy to hurt yourself. And mm. we don't want that. Yeah. You don't want that. So that's the first month. Yeah. Then it would turn into, um, it would be more repeaters. I do like a repeater set. It'd be like, um, let's see. I'd start out with like a repeater set and then I would do like seven three. Yeah, seven three. And I would just do like a like a one minute 
like so it'd be like six hangs okay and i would just chill like five and i wouldn't do like the whole like add more weight do it three times add more weight do it two times and then add more weight do it one or whatever bullshit like i was just like i i would go with just getting kind of pumped and then like increase the weight okay so like a one minute repeater increase the weight one minute repeater increase the weight and then i would tap into um like more uh let's see it was like were you still moonboarding no i would do less moonboarding like i would dick around on it like for (laughs) warm-up okay but it was more geared towards like strength endurance so i'd be doing like 45 um 45 45s okay and then like what the fuck was the last one i was doing it was like it was like one minute um intervals or like a minute let's see here i gotta like look at my list here two minute intervals maybe it's like two minutes i honestly forget man it's fucked up (laughs) basically i had these like long ass um sequences made they would like end in a roof and you, you it was like full like kind of endurance mm. and i did that for maybe like two weeks and um you know the majority of like my interest for this whole cycle was to like maintain strength so yeah. i was definitely like hitting like the tension board the moon board throughout and then like treating the second day is more of like a strength endurance or like endurance okay type day okay that's how it kind of tapered off it was like i maintained a lot with the strength in the in the the hard bouldering mm-hmm and it was fun, man, to like feel it kicking in and to like know that like what you were doing was working. It was like really satisfying. Do you do any like maintenance hangboard training or strength training the rest of the year the, these last few years? Not really. Okay. I, I, I'll do like kind of the tension board, hangboard, warm up shit at the cliff. Okay. But that's about it. I'm not like okay. adding weight or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I think that's like... I don't think that's dumb, but I just like right. Done but, that. but that's something. Um, I think I think about this a lot, probably too much. Hmm. Um, and I think a mistake I made at Smith was I would have these like mega training blocks in the winter and summer, mm-hmm. and then like climb a lot in the shoulder seasons, and I would lose a lot of strength, and then I'd kind of be like right back where I started for the next training block. But I've realized now that I've traveled a lot more and climbed other places, I think that was a really unique problem at Smith because yeah. it's not physically hard enough. Maybe, huh? Like, I think I That's... think you maintain strength a lot better climbing steeper shit. I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> yeah. think so. Yeah. I, I, I always think of, like, climbing in... it's, it's Which is, like, amazing news. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm like, this is so fun. Looking, this is, like, looking so you, much dude. more fun than, it's like, so much more fun. doing maintenance strength sessions once a week on the hangboard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I mean, you can get a lot just by, like, being at the cliff, man. Going to the boulders. You did just that for... Till what? You were, like, 35 yeah. or something? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And you <laughs> climbed pretty did, hard. Did all right, you know? I definitely... I'm, a firm believer in training now. I'm like, I'm okay. totally sold. I, I fully co-sign. It's like awesome. Very much worth it. Well, let me ask you this then. This is the other side of the coin, and this, this is uh, related to a, a long conversation we had at the cliff the other day when it was like 30 degrees outside, and you were like gluing your root, and I was just playing with your dog, <laughs> and we we're chatting. But I'd love to hear as someone who has traveled as much as you have, who's spent time around as many strong climbers as you have and around as many like, you know, other normal climbers. Yeah. 
Um, I'm always curious about patterns. Like, what do you see working? Mm. Where do you see most people going wrong? You know, like what's keeping a lot of like 513 climbers stuck and, and keeping them from progressing to 514? It's, that's, it's, yeah, that's, I, my mind always works in these like kind of sporadic, variable, entertaining type of ways. And a question like that, man, I'd say I need to know like where this, where these mm. said people are climbing. Okay. <laughs> what yeah. level maybe they're at. You need like, more context. Their, is more yeah. More context more is going to give me more of like a, a easier way to answer the question. But like, I think that it's really important to keep an open mind. You know, I'll just speak, speak from the cuff here. I think it's important to keep an open mind. I think it's really beneficial to take your ego out of situations. And I feel like Americans have a really hard time with this shit. Like we're scared to look bad. We're scared to like kind of fail. We're scared to like not on-site something or like we, we, we like hold back too much maybe. And, and, this is like something I've gained in my perspective from traveling to Spain a lot. Like when I go to Spain, I feel like my ego relaxes. I'm less like concerned what other people may think of what I'm doing. And I think a lot of us like kind of hold on to that. Because of how protecting. the Spaniards are climbing? The Spaniards, they, they don't, don't they care. They just kind of don't care. That's they just cool. fucking go balls out. Like they don't care or they don't go balls out. They just like aren't concerned. Mm. They're, not, they're not like looking at you and judging you ever you don't have that sort of energy going on. Um, and I'm not, I don't want to like put American climbers down in any way, but I feel like we have more reluctance and we're a little more reserved culturally in our climbing efforts. Mm. Like we, we kind of like protect ourselves a lot. And I, I think of that as ego. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't want to like suck and we want to like be good. And we, you know, we want to, fucking lift our arms up and be like yo look at me but it's part of like climbing is just fucking failing man and mm. like it's okay you don't have to like you know be concerned what other folks are thinking or i guess just like dropping the ego is like really healthy when you can find that mode mm. like you've been at a cliff where there's no one around you feel totally different <laughs> you know yeah when it's just like you and your partner who you like very much trust and like they know you you probably have like a different energy climbing than when you're at a cliff when there's like maybe a bunch of folks that like you don't know and they, you know, look at you funny. Maybe you think they do or there's a different vibe. Yeah. So I think that that's maybe a way to practice it and um, always try shit. I think it's important to try shit. Everybody respects people that try mm. as opposed to not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and you feel better about yourself too mm -hmm. if you just fucking throw and throw it and throw in like your chips, man. Throw it in it. Like who, who gives a fuck? You fail. You tried. So I don't know. <laughs> Again, shoot, cool. Shoot, shoot, shoot him from the cuff. No, that's good. That was really <laughs> helpful. Yeah, that was a really good answer. Um, I also wanted to ask you who you look up to these days in climbing because you've talked a lot in the past about like how important it was to you to climb with people that were better with you. And that came from your skating. Like you like to skate with people that were yeah. better than, than you. And you found that in Dave Graham and Luke Parody and Tim Kempel early on. Who does that for you now? Do you 
are there certain people that you try to, you know, align your schedules with and climb with, uh, or, or just, hmm. you know, looking at people, videos on the internet, whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. I'd, yeah. I'd say it's a lot of videos. Like I, I don't climb with a lot of folks these days, primarily because I'm trying things that are like kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's kind of like by choice, I guess. I do miss climbing with like my friends, like, like Maddie and, and John and like Dave and, you know, folks that like I've, I've learned so much from. Um, I find Daniel Woods to be like one of the most impressive fucking people to watch at, at climbing. Like I like watching videos of Daniel. I yeah. think he's like a fucking a monster. He's a fucking muscle. He's a machine. He's a machine. He's, he's one of the most like purely strong human beings in climbing that like I've like ever fucking seen. Yeah. Um, of course, Andra, you know, I, I think Andra is like one of my heroes. He's um, someone who's very like on his own wave in terms of like his level. Mm-hmm. And so that's like inevitably inspiring. And and I also really enjoy how like calculated and like over the top meticulous he is with like all facets of climbing. Mm. It's like, you know, I, like I was kind of naming Jonathan Segrist as being like this sort of like extreme in that aspect well he's like the guy i know who i see fairly regularly who's that extreme but adam andra like who i do know as well who i consider a fucking friend he's he's a really nice dude he is the fucking extreme Mm. of like all of the nuances and like every attention to all that shit yeah um and then i've always been a huge fan of danny andrana man like i'm kind of old school that way like danny is you know one of the best in my opinion and 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 it's not just like his climbing he's a freak with his climbing but his lifestyle his fucking devotion his like pure love of it like he's the top dog with all that hmm. and that's kind of some, maybe like i i kind of identify with that more because i feel like you know i have i feel like i have some of those attributes that he has um you know he's at the cliff every fucking day doing something <laughs> lives there he's yeah a fucking, he's like a caveman dude he's just like <laughs> you know living in the dirt and like but not not totally he's 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 not like that exactly but he's he's one of these really unique people like that and i find that really inspiring but who else man i don't know i mean it's it's an interesting time i feel like you know in the in the climbing world and like the kind of like top end climbing world um a lot of strong people, a lot of people doing impressive things. Um, you know, like in terms of like the pro world, I find it to be kind of like a interesting transitional period. Mm. You know, it's very saturated, you know, like who stands out is kind of like, I don't know. It's like kind of a different period where we're like seeing a lot of people doing kind of the same sort of thing with like the same sort of vibe and same sort of like interest and energy mm. that like it's kind of an interesting period right now like a little formulaic maybe yeah a little homogenous mm, homogenous yeah yeah you've a little i bit. hadn't thought about that much i mean we you mentioned this the other day but yeah you really have i'm sure seen much more of that evolution ev- evolution yeah. very close up mm-hmm. um, you've seen more of that than most people for sure it's lived like through it like for me as a pro like i had to work really hard you know we all did we came from the era when like magazines were like what you would the the way you would spray you know it's like okay how are you gonna spray about your new send or whatever it's like we the videos and all that like it's just so much more modern now and like we came from an era where it's like it was more 
face to face. It was more kind of like relationship building and like these kind of like grassroots sort of relationships that you created and, you know, you support each other. And um, we had like kind of like a camaraderie in like that pro climber world where, you know, Dave and Chris Sharma and Tommy Caldwell and these kind of like younger people that um, we all, we kind of like all had like our own little thing, you know, I'm not trying to compare myself to those guys. Like I, I wasn't really in that sort of like boat, but I, you were all like characters, maybe characters and yeah. you had something unique to offer mm. like the market maybe. And like the, the audience mm. as well. It's like, Oh, I identify with Jason Kell cause he's cuckoo and look at his <laughs> fucking haircut. And, oh, I identify with, Chris, because he plays a flute in the woods, like these weird like images that like were kind of you know yeah. thrown out there at the time. Like, oh, I like Dave Graham because he's you know he's like really he, wizardly or whatever the fuck <laughs> wizard like. Because I read the same sci-fi as him. <laughs> I can collect gems. Totally. Yeah. Like now, I I just I don't really get that vibe. Like I, I don't know, and and I don't want to like degrade anything or anybody, but I just kind of have less um, connection with the people say I'm like in the audience and I'm looking at like the, the gannet of like hotshot pro climbers. Mm. I don't really identify with anybody really. I just mm. kind of look at them all. I'm like, yeah, man, you're doing hard shit. So what? Mm. You're doing some more hard shit. Interesting. That's <laughs> cool. We'll see the video. I see you. I see you. Cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm past that now. It's just so fucking fast, man. It's like. It is so fast. Crazy. Yeah. You know, it's like some of these amazing ascents that take people fucking months and years. It's like, to the audience and the onlookers, it's just like in and out. This week's gone. this week's Instagram. <laughs> You're like, no, man, he put in so. I mean, the stories are like where we are really drawn in. Yeah, and I think that that's like you know, I think that there's always room for like a place where we want to see like person on rock success or whatever, like just that simple linear picture. Mm. But then we also need kind of like ways to connect with people. And to have them communicate with us and for us to kind of communicate back by being inspired by that. And those come from stories. Those come from stories from people who have something interesting to tell. And I don't know, I, I, I need more of that right now. Mm. And unique shit, not just like, he climbed a hard route. It took him a long time. That, that's, that's, that's great and all that. But stories, we all have an interesting story. Mm -hmm. and And it's like, maybe we're 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 skipping out on that a little bit in terms of like media content and like the the brands and like the way that they showcase their people their their athletes yeah i need more of that <laughs> i think we all crave that man i sure. mean it's my fascination with this medium that's why i love it so much and i fell in love with it outside of climbing and um and then within climbing and hope to to bring what i loved about podcasting to climbing but it's fascinating to me that in this culture that's getting faster every day where, you know, I rarely read an Instagram post that's more than an inch tall yeah. on my little iPhone screen. I'm the same, dude. You know, yeah. I, I just like skim it and flip on to the next thing. But I will routinely, every day, I listen to podcasts and I listen to two-hour conversations, three-hour conversations and and just get entranced by people's stories and i think the fact i didn't know if anyone else would listen to this when i started doing it and i think the reason 
that has caught on at all and has any traction and that people are interested is because we all crave that. Like we all mm -hmm. want more of those stories, mm -hmm. you know? And That's cool, man. There's You're something that is gratifying or maybe just addicting about yeah. the fast paced stuff, but like we all need that balance. We yeah. all want stories. You, you, kudos to you, man. You're creating the balance. Thanks, man. That's cool. I'm I'm proud to be speaking with you right now, to be honest, man. I was nervous as shit. <laughs> we're having fun, are we? We are. We're creating. We're jamming. We've done two hours already. And, yeah. Have we really? Yeah. I'm talking for two hours. We isn't guys that, never talk this much. Isn't that nuts? It's That's almost nuts. Almost two hours. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, it, it, you said it exactly right, man. Like you're, you're contributing to like the things that I think that like create a balance. I'm, I'm. I need to tap into more podcasts. Maybe, <laughs> maybe that's where I'm lacking. God damn. I got some recommendations for you. <laughs> Please, not not all climbing. There's a lot of good stuff out yeah, there. I'd be interested. You know, it's all we're all humans at the end of the day, and it's just yeah. Like I find myself hanging on every word in some of these conversations that are about topics I have no interest in whatsoever. That's cool. You know, and it's like someone talking about their, I don't know, like. It can be kind of anything, you know, mm. an actor talking about their craft or someone talking about like some techie thing that they invented or whatever it is, but it's... You should hook me up. I want some of that. <laughs> that sounds interesting. But I'm, I was going to ask you, I want to ask you about yourself as an artist. Sure. Um, I know that's part of your identity. And we yeah. had a conversation the other day and we were talking about art as it relates to climbing. And you were you were explaining or just telling me that like, climbing itself doesn't feel like art to you no. and it's these other parts of the lifestyle of climbing that feel like art you know the the crafting of roots and i know you expressed yourself a lot through your videos that you made i've watched a lot of them and like the pacing the really weird graphic like animal imagery when you're sending some of those roots and it's like a baboon with its mouth wide open yeah. and like cool music and stuff and sounds <laughs> and I thought those were really interesting. I mean, Thanks. those are those are cool storytelling. Do you Thanks. do you still do that? Do you have not much aspirations I mean, to do more of that? No. So, like, I guess my biggest creative outlet now is like our brand at Love L O V yeah. Life of Villains. That's our brand, and that's something that we are. You know, it's it's small, it's new, it's something that we're you know proud to be creating things that we are interested in that an audience, a select audience is going to appreciate. Mm. And so like, that's something, it's nice to be able to create something that like others are gonna enjoy and to kind of keep a continuity and a storyline going. Mm. Um, it's tough, you know, to keep that going like with a major consistency because it's just me and Lindsay doing it, literally hands-on doing it. But I do miss making movies, man. I, I like really uh, was obsessed with that for a long time. Is it just too in time intensive without the hmm. without the companies without the brand support yeah. stuff like, like that? Like first off, like I, I, part of me doesn't really want to create content for just the simple climbing industry, and I'd like to do something beyond that, bigger than that, and have an audience that's not just like the climber folk. And like I love the climber folk; that's my people. That's like where who I am. But there's also like a, a th there's also a level of the climbers being fairly conservative and like it gets difficult to kind of keep that um, of interest to that audience. So it's like really you really have to enter entertain your audience. You have to remember who your audience is and what you're putting out and how they will receive it. Yeah. 
And so climbers don't always appreciate that crazy like video shit that like okay. popping and, and all the subliminals and all that. Okay. A lot of the responses to that have been just like, that's weird. That's weird. That's <laughs> okay. strange. It's like, fuck yeah, it's strange. But did you fucking even think about it? Like I'm giving you a subliminal message to, and I'm literally directing the way you should be feeling mm. with the audio, with the visual, with the pace, with the fucked up shit that I'm doing. I'm in control of that experience. And most people just see it as like, I don't get it. Like, what the fuck? You know? And it's like, man, all right, well, this shit ain't working. Mm. So if like, I were to tap back into making movies, man, it would, you know. Th- I should have are... emailed you and been like, these are sick. I'm feeling <laughs> yeah, what you're, great, I'm feeling man, the thing. I'm feeling like the stress of like the good. animal that's about to eat me or whatever while sure. you're climbing this route. I mean, they're all symbols, man. Like all of that stuff is like very specific and placed in there for a reason. But, um, you know, I, I do miss making just simple like climbing videos. It was a great way to learn how to edit, you know, like a B angle, A angle, music, cut it up, super streamlined, linear, basic. It's it's easy stuff, man. Mm. Um, I miss making them, you know. I don't have a reason to make them right now, so it's kind of like why I don't. I, I made one recent one for like our brand, which I like really loved. What was it? It was um. It's just a small snippet, man. It's on the Instagram page. Okay. On the Life of Villains Instagram page. It was like, what do we call it? It was just like a... Um, I wonder if I saw it. I don't it, think dude, I did. I I'll share it, it for people the in the show notes. Word. The audio is just like one of my favorite parts. Um, While you're looking for it, where did the name Life it's of called Villains... The rebirth. It's called The Rebirth. The Rebirth. Yeah. I have not seen that Yeah, all, check it out. It's just it. like a bunch of like random B-roll footage cut up to make like a fun little random like brand video cool um the life of villains title name. um yeah. i just thought that was like the coolest sounding name <laughs> yeah it is it's just like it, it's like i love that it's three words yeah and it like the term villain is such a fucking great word because i've always like been a like i root for the villains in movies i'm always like get that motherfucker like, yeah. like that's my style like <clears throat> you know i want like the bad guy to kind of persevere uh-huh. and the one of the things i love about the bad guy is that they're always just going to be the bad guy like, yeah no matter what they're in like the shitty place they're like damned and like it just by the narrative they're the fucking bad guy and so there's like really no overcoming that so anytime like the villain has some sort of perseverance or success like i i fucking applaud that oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's yeah funny do it's, you have any favorite like villain movies like who are your favorite oh god i'm a big fan of horror movies okay like you can call them villains but they're more like like horror monster movies yeah like i'm fucking huge fan of horror movies like classics like friday the 13th and like you know i always thought like halloween was a fucking badass one friday the 13th jason's like my man <laughs> fucking ski mask hacking hacking motherfuckers up like, ah! it's just like scary man it's like, terrifying did you ever Song. watch a film i think it's called beneath the mask it's either under no. the mask beneath i think it's beneath the mask something like that don't know it's a mockumentary and the the premise is like a film crew is making a documentary about this like horror movie serial killer. Like it's supposed to be in real life, right? This documentary crew is like interviewing him and learning about his life. And he's like, I have to do so much cardio because I have to look like I'm walking, but still keep up. (laughs) That's good. You wouldn't believe, you know, it's, 
it's funny, but then it like twists and turns into an actual horror film. Oh, cool. And the documentary like film crew turn into the victims of this thing. Oh, it's, shit. It's brilliant. That's awesome, man. Yeah. yeah right. Find that for me. Okay. I would love to watch that. <laughs> I like mockumentaries. Yeah. Like Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Like the UK totally dead mockumentary. That shit was good too. <laughs> like zombie movies are also fucking great, man. Yeah. Zombie movies that. are great. Yeah. Where you're like envisioning just like running from like slow moving monsters that you can kind of like just crane kick the shit out of and like keep moving. <laughs> but they're everywhere and you're just like, you know, the, the tension. I, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, but Life of Villains, I'm curious. Actually, just um, you, you talked about it, but describe what it is for people. I know what it is. I, I bought yeah. the Josune shirt. You did. Yosune. Yosune. Yeah. Thank Yo, you. Yosune. Yosune. Very, very too. Barry's are um, too. And I'm really sad because I love that shirt. I had it for like six months. And then I think it's black, right? Yeah. I think I left it in a freaking washing machine. Oh, shit. In like- Some like laundromat. Dixie Spin in St. Uh, George or something. I like don't uh, know where it went, but I lost a shirt. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like it's and literally- they're And they're gone. gone. I know. And that's that's <sighs> the whole like, you know, it's kind of It's, it's brilliant. Like, yeah. I won't miss the next one. Totally. I mean, that's <laughs> the whole idea is like it's modeled after like-, like um, small batch brands like they do like small runs i mean that's what we're doing we're, we're doing small runs of product that we are hands-on making whether it's printing the shirts sewing the labels cutting the tags doing whatever like we're very specific about the garments that we're choosing like in terms of the t-shirts and like the crew neck um, which is all we've done so far um we chose these these items specifically due to the cotton the thickness of the cotton, the way it drapes on the body, uh, where it's made. We were choosing USA made product. And um, and then both shirt kind of had a different theme. So they had different print uh, quality. We used uh, for the late one, the white version, we used an ink inkjet printing. It's basically called direct to garment, which is like a super high end sharp image on the shirt. Hmm. The black shirts were straight silk screen. So like it's like the thick paint. Like you I you wanted feel that. It. You you feel it. That's it's cool. almost like hot on your body when it's like a fucking hot day. It's like yeah. layer. And it like kind of like slowly wears out over totally. time. And, and that's what we like. We want it to cool. like wear. All of these all of these <laughs> like these cotton products that we're choosing, they wear and look better the more you wear them. Mm. And and it's just like you want to, you know, the goal is to kind of create like a like a sort of vintage feel. And um to kind of coincide with the storyline of the uh, the four characters, mm. so yeah, I mean, like this is a, a small brand. It's me and Lindsay. We're we're basically making things that we want to see people enjoy, mm -hmm. telling a story around it, and then donating back to like the cause or or, or the community. Um, with Ron's uh, Ron Cock runs. Um, oh, Sacred Rock. Yeah, sorry, I was, exactly Sacred Rock. Yeah. So we donated like I think like four grand to that. Sick. And they do they do an awesome effort. They take kids that are incarcerated and they take them out into like you know Yosemite, show them a good time, take them climbing, and basically, man, like each round we're trying to donate something. We have a really cool upcoming collaboration with uh, this Chilean girl that will be donating to I think something in her neck of the woods. Cool. Probably climbing oriented. Um, but I'm looking forward to that. I don't want to talk too much about what it is, what okay. the products are. Yeah. But um, I think climbers will really dig this. Cool. Yeah, man. It's fun to, you know, create something and like 
have people really show appreciation and like love what they're getting yeah and and knowing that it's it's you know it's not going to come back that kind of gives it a little more value um the frederick nicole krunek went like fucking fast that was crazy man i couldn't believe it, it was like holy shit that just happened in like three days they're all wow. gone <laughs> they're wow. all gone yeah. yeah so for people that haven't seen the brand and seen the shirts the first run correct me if i'm wrong with any of this but the first run it was black t-shirts and then there were four different screen printed images of climbers that inspired you correct uh boon speed Josune, am I saying that name right? Yosune. 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 Why can't? Why is that so hard for me? <laughs> Yosune, Lisa Rands, and Ron Kalk. Yeah. And then you did another run of white shirts, and yep. it was four climbers that inspired Lindsay. Lindsay, is right. that right? And so this is the whole effort to like kind of get the so brand cool. going. It's like okay, these are people that like gave me reasons to be like better this way. And then mm. Lindsay kind of chose people that like inspired her and her story as an upcoming climber mm. in the Bay Area. She did Beth Rodden. She did me, which was really sweet. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. She did Ethan Pringle and then Thomasina Pigeon from- Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, up in- British Man, Columbia. I met her like 10 years ago. She's a badass. Yeah, she is. Straight badass. Yeah. She had like a little three-year-old at the time. Oh, dang. Yeah, she's probably a full-grown kid. Now. Yeah, she probably <laughs> is. Okay, I have uh, some listener questions for you, and one of them fits right in with this. This is from Devon or Devon- Apologies if I'm getting the pronunciation wrong. Um, they ask, how do you pick athletes for the Love Series shirts? And can you make a replica of the Bruce Lee shirt that Yasune is wearing in her photo? That's cool, man. <laughs> a replica of the shirt. Nah, I don't think we will. Even yeah. though that's a sick idea. That's a good idea. I, I honestly like that. I hope you can find that shirt somewhere. I want one. Yeah, seriously. Um that shirt is badass, huh? Mm -hmm. It looks like it was kind of like an upcycled, like old vintagey shirt. Um, how do we choose the athletes? So each person for like my story, I you know I chose them. We, I wanted two men, two women, and and that was to keep a balance. And and literally like they were people that I adored growing up. Mm. They they were the people who uh, I saw in videos, I saw in magazines constantly. They they showed me like a whole new world in climbing as climber people that I, I found really, really inspiring. And they looked, they looked different and they had like a different character than, than any other person I was reading about. And for whatever reason, you can read about it on the website if you want, but each, each one of those characters kind of, um, I, I, they resonated with me in a different way. Mm. Like they, they had some attribute about them that was really special that like, you know, like Ron being so, connected with nature boone being such a friggin' misfit and like someone who won't take no for an answer mm. and lisa being like you know kind of someone who went to school and was like super educated but like took climbing and said this is like for me i need this mm. and then yosune was just like on another wave and very low-key and she had like really just like you know her own world of climbing was like she, she i think she was just kind of isolated you know, and and I love that she was a woman at that time because at that time women were not doing nearly as hard as shit as they're doing now. Yeah, and she was like very like much a black sheep in that picture. No one knows how no hard one knows, she huh? climbed, man. Like fuck, dude. That how hard did like, she climb? She she climbed up to nine A plus, nine A nine A plus. Like you yeah. know, give or take the slash grade, like whatever. Yeah. Like she was one of the first women to ever climb that level. Yeah, and I just think like that's badass. <laughs> 
yeah. And very low key, very quiet. Yeah. You know, she wasn't like, hear me roar. <laughs> Did you, you meet know? her? I met her. Yeah. Cool. And Ricard, her, her husband. Okay. Very sweet people. Very cool. Very sweet people. Um, I have to ask you about fashion. I'm curious yeah, like where your influences come from. I'm guessing skate culture. I'm guessing like you have like an urban kind of culture sure. influence, but I want to know like how you think about what's cool <laughs> and oh, God. How, how you decide like what to rock. I, um, I mean, when I met you <laughs> sitting outside the skull cave your last day in rifle last year, you had like the bleached blonde mullet, <laughs> yeah. you know? And I was just like, dude, this, like, this is working for this guy. And then like, when I, <laughs> when I saw you, uh, I, uh, let me think. It was like the February before that I was going through Vegas. I just started the podcast. It was brand new. Um, we didn't meet. You wouldn't have known who I was. And we were at a refuge in Vegas mm -hmm. at the pretty strong event that like, uh, yeah, that showing like Katie Lambert came and showed the film and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I was there with some friends and like, I, I saw you and Lindsay, I knew who you were. Um, we didn't talk at all, but you were like, <laughs> you showed up and you were wearing like jeans with a denim shirt with a jean jacket over the denim shirt. And you sick. had like this long mullet. And I that's was like, sick. how does he know that's cool? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's cool. I mean, like really, it's just like, you know, I, I and also how, like, what do I need to do? Oh, help, bro. Help me out. I mean... Climber fashion is pretty subdued, so put it that way. Any any point, like I'm able to dress like cool, I'm fucking psyched. I've always liked to wear interesting things. Like when I was yeah. little, I was always very specific about like what I wore. I would lay my outfits out the night before. I was like kind of a nerd like that. Was it skate culture? What was it? I mean, it, it was it was constantly evolving. It was in flux all of the time. Okay, like the skate culture. Like when I was a skater, I was like I was down with that period wearing like fucked pants and like plan b and like you wore like massive size 40 fucking pants and like i don't know like adidas shell toes and shit like that and it was you know big baggy strap your pants down with a fucking belt kind of thing and it looked cool as fuck and i see that coming back man basically i pay attention to fashion i pay attention to like certain trends i don't like fully abide by all of it but i like to take a little bit from each thing I see that I find like lovely or inspiring and, and, and kind of enjoyable. And I like to try it. And so it's really just like you, you put something together, you know, maybe you get an idea. Of course, Instagram house with like so many like ex pieces of exposure for like different ways to put an outfit together and um, try it on. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And I, you know, it's just a way of expressing yourself, having fun. Yeah. Really. And just kind of like feeling good, knowing knowing you feel like I, I feel like I look good right now, man. Yeah, like I, I like that. It gives me like a level of confidence and like allows me to I don't know, kind of carry myself differently. Mm -hmm. And you know, of course, going to the cliff, I don't really like to dress that like cool. I just kind of try to wear whatever because like it's more about longevity and like clothes and shit like that. And than like, like the function of trying yeah, to climb five fifteen. Totally. Like you want some pants you can lift your fucking leg with, and like <laughs> <laughs> some shorts that your knee pads will fit under, and yeah. Right. yeah. But um, I think if you can kind of be creative with the way you dress in any way, I think that that's like awesome. I yeah. commend that immensely. And I see it. I see people like trying things and I see the way people will even wear a fucking baseball hat. Like, you know, something is like an effort. And I think that that shows that like you are kind of like you, you, you like to present yourself in a certain way. Yeah. And presentation matters to you. And I think that that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. it's it's interesting i'm fascinated by it because it's something that i've 
just didn't really think that much about for most of my life, you know? Yeah. And I had periods like, I don't know, kind of explored. I think college was the first time when I was like, oh, I can actually buy <laughs> clothes that my mom doesn't have any feedback on, you know, and like try things mm -hmm. out or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of coming back now where I'm like, wow, I can try different things and it does really change how I feel. Like it is really I a form of, of expression and, and that's really interesting to me. Yeah. And I have a theory, I want to float it by you. I really think that like, because there's no like formula, right? You look at cool people, <laughs> a lot of them are doing like weird stuff, but the thing that they're doing, that they're all doing is they're just owning what they're doing. Oh yeah. They might have like Definitely. really crazy style that's way out there, Yeah, but they just own it. I and think you're like, that that's wow, powerful. That's super cool. I think that's powerful. Um, that's like confidence right there, man. Yeah. Like flaunting, even if it's like bizarre to you, like the way someone's going to own it, like that's a flex. And I respect <laughs> that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you should just try shit, man. Sample something. See, you you definitely have some sort of aesthetic that like you want to maybe try. Yeah. And you should just try it. Don't worry about the judgment. No one's going to fucking judge of anything. Right. People are going to be impressed. They're going to be like, cool, man. Like, look at Steven. Like, he's pulling up on some fucking whatever <laughs> you're doing. Like, you bleached your hair. I yeah. think that's fucking cool. Thanks. And I came up with a couple of names for you. Oh. Steve, Steven M. And, and then M and Even. You can kind of do either, <laughs> either version. <laughs> That's dumb, dude. That's like, that's super uh, weak. I was, I, I was thinking more like uh, Stephen M. Like, Steve Shady or or like <laughs> that's, that's, Slim Sandy or something like that. Ooh, that's a good one, man. That's a good one. Yeah, that was like kind of a weak S little Stephen M. Weak, weak nicknames, but <laughs> I, I laughed to myself when I made them up. I was like, oh. <laughs> this is a question from Ben. How does Joe's experience climbing on established routes differ from his work on FAs? Mentally, physically, tactically, and also thanks for keeping it rad. Oh, uh, thanks, bro. Thanks, thanks for the positivity. Um, how does it differ? I think it's just like it's just kind of like more one liner. Like there's not a lot of there's less, even if it's like a really hard climb, there's a lot less like ambiguity with it. Like you're not you're like sure you're gonna do it or you're sure you're you can given that like it's in your wheelhouse right mm. and i think that the difference between doing a repeated climb or already climbed climb is like just like the 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 know-how has already been done you yeah know? there's no questions there's no like what ifs mm. and so there's like this big level of like security and confidence that you're already gonna like approach the climb with that like isn't there with first ascent you know, the first yeah. sense there's so much more fucking shit going on. Like, of course, all the mental stuff. And then it's like prepping it and then like hoping that it's going to work for everybody else. And they're going to have a good mm. time on it. And um, when it's just like, you know, you walking up to a wall with a bunch of roots, it's like, it's almost nice, dude. You're just kind of like, cool. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can just fucking climb now. Mm -hmm. Like literally, man, I'm like constantly just climbing my own shit. Because I like I like it definitely, yeah. But I'm also like climbing in a lot of these areas, like in the U.S. that I I fucking love and I frequent all the time. That like I've kind of climbed the majority of the stuff I yeah. can do, yeah. Or the stuff that I really enjoy doing. Um, and the I don't, caves. you know, yeah, it's like caves, caves. Always you, the you fucking climbed caves. out all the caves. <laughs> I'm the cave guy. Shit. <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, I'm looking at these listener questions. We've got a lot. I got a lot of questions for you. Yeah. 
that's great man yeah a lot I'm, of i'm happy people are engaged a lot of them man a lot of a lot of good ones and they span like all sorts of different topics and we that's i great. hope people are um satisfied for people that submitted questions thank you we're not going to get to all of them thank you people and um we kind of talked like grateful. nearby a lot of these questions and and um hopefully people are we're satisfied are satisfied but i'm gonna ask this one from simon it's you know we just talked about this in the sense of like style and fashion and uh what inspired you there but simon asks i'd like to know who joe has drawn inspiration from outside of the sport of climbing perhaps from his interest in music and street style dig i dig this so, so we talked about that in the sense of fashion but maybe just like yeah broader okay yeah. I, I think with jerry lorenzo who's that the owner of fear of god look up the brand it's okay. a it's a clothing company okay la-based artist designer I find him absolutely fascinating. He's a family man. I'm not a religious person by any means, but he's a very religious man. And he really like sticks to his guns and his beliefs and with his family, his wife. Um, to, to me, Jerry Lorenzo is, he, he embodies this like great form of balance. Mm. And I find that to be something like I'm always seeking, you know, to balance out like with my, my family, my marriage, my dogs <laughs> and my climbing. Yeah. And all of that kind of, um, <clears throat> it can be challenging. Jay Lorenzo. Um, I also, you know, I find a lot of inspiration from um, comedians. Okay. I find Dave Chappelle to be yes. someone I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated with. And I just find him pushing the kind of buttons right now yes. to be very relevant and important. God, and, he, and every time him. he steps up on the <laughs> stage, he says something so important. Totally. And it's so digestible because it's so funny for sure and, <laughs> and and it's also very like risque and it pushes mm. it pushes our buttons in a way yeah that i think is very important to have um and comedians are really relevant because they're kind of these people that get the pass in, in terms of like how far they can take shit yeah and i think like you know we're i'm grateful to have that kind of existing and in, in our eardrums and and at our exposure yeah um, let's see who else I find I'm really inspired by, uh, multiple graffiti writers, like primarily like two graffiti writers. I used to paint graffiti yeah. when I was in, in college. I was, it was literally it rivaled climbing. I was like, so fucking obsessed <laughs> with graffiti. And like, I traveled all over new England and I painted and yeah. I just like, it would like be my weekends rivaling. Do I paint? Do I go climbing? Do I paint? Do I go climbing? All my college friends were like, what are you going to do this weekend? You're never around. I'm like I'm going fucking painting, man. Like get on a bus to Rhode Island, be fucking painting in Rhode Island, get on a bus to like New York, painting in New York. Painting trains fucking all kinds of bridges shit, man. everything trains, bridges legals like fucking everything man. we went crazy and we were you know there's codes with that shit you don't yeah. just go fucking paint like okay a person's house or a car right there's levels of respect you go to like you know certain zones that are kind of like designated or you know painting trains is kind of like the best way to kind of have your your work uh seen I think I've heard you talk about that. Is it the legacy thing? Is it the same thing Maybe. as like putting up routes and think, like leaving something? I think it definitely is like synonymous to that. Yeah. You want, I want to like make marks and like yeah. have some sort of like stamp that says like I was there. Mm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Primitive minded shit. I don't know. <laughs> but there's two graffiti writers to answer the question. Yeah. Two graffiti writers who I'm very inspired by. And there's Kem. And then there's also guess. 
Um, Say those names again. Kem, K-E-M. Okay. And then Guess, like, G-E-S. And Guess is Guesser. Okay. And these are both Connecticut-based graffiti writers. That, like, okay. Um, I grew up looking at, I never got to paint with them, but I was always inspired by them. And I, and I follow them on Instagram and they're living like a really rad life as like kind of sponsored traveling graffiti writers. Mm. And they're well known and they still collect like photos from people like that may saw, may have seen like an image of their train from fucking back in 2002. They got an image of, they'll send it to them. Um, you know, they kind of showcase their old work as much as their new work. And they're constantly painting and they're like, you know, it's physical. Um, mm. It's strategic. It's fucking illegal as fuck. <laughs> I, you know, the whole package, like some of my best experiences in fucking life, man, have been painting graffiti. Wow. Like hands down. Wow. Some of the most memorable fucking moments. Man. <laughs> yeah. I miss it, man. But I'm fucking old, man. I can't be running around with fucking can <laughs> paint cans and shit. No, no, no. Oh, man. No, no, no. You send the bone tomahawk extension and just like quit climbing and go paint. No, I'll go paint. <laughs> <laughs> who was the name of the, um, who was the first person that you said the owner of the clothing brand? Jerry Lorenzo. Jerry Lorenzo. Yeah. A fear of God. Fear of God. It's okay. a fucking sick name. That is. <clears throat> well, that's, kind, I mean, I'm maybe forcing the segue here, but it's really interesting to me that you've started a clothing brand. And um, I never would have guessed that that's coming. It's a, it's one of those things. It's like, oh, it's such a perfect fit in hindsight. Yeah. But um, never would have seen it coming. And I want to ask you about the last few years, just the trajectory through yeah. your life in the last few years. And yeah. I know you don't want to talk about the controversy directly, and I will have given some context and shared my thoughts on it and how it relates to this conversation in the intro. Sure. So people will have already heard that listening to this, but you have this life, you know, you, you've, I've heard you talk about this in the past, like you've always taken pride in hard work. Yeah. You worked for everything you had. You always worked growing up. You reached a point where you were able to quit work and be a professional climber for years, for like nine years, 10 years or something. More than that, More than man. That. Shit. Yeah. Uh, probably 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. And then, you know, that was all building and you were peaking in your climbing. And I, th I think you had already, had you already done Bone Tomahawk? Yeah. Yeah. Like some of your hardest stuff and you're with Lindsay, you know, you're married now, so that must have been going great. Like things are great. Mm -hmm. You're like peaking and then you lose it all. Yeah. And have to rebuild. And you have, and you've cobbled together this life of root setting and this clothing brand. And, you know, you and Lindsay are thriving and have built this family with your dogs and you're back to climbing your hardest ever. But it's it's been some years. It's been, I'm mm -hmm. sure, some really hard years. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just, I just want to... Um, I guess open the floor. I'm, I'm just acknowledge it. Acknowledge yeah. it. I think and it's important to I'm acknowledge it. I'm just curious, like, I mean, literally, man, we can't like have a whole conversation and a podcast on the record without acknowledging kind of, you know, the elephant in the room. We, we need to kind of like touch on it. I mean, like, I'm happy to talk about, you know, what, you know, what, what it was like, what it was, you know, details generally. I don't want to badmouth anybody. I don't want to put down the other party. And, you know, the last thing I want to do is like say something that would 
create some sort of like retaliation to then like start any kind of like a war. <laughs> like I've had enough damage to our life that like, I really just want peace. Mm. And, um, you know, I've learned a lot. I've learned a hard lesson from that. There's definitely parts of that whole, um, the whole saga that I feel were very unfair. And, and I'm happy to say that I'll, I'll say that on the record. Um, but you know, it's, it's been a long road to kind of like find happiness again. And, um, there was a long period, man, where I was just in a very dark place and, uh, losing everything I've built in my life, um, over, you know, a bad decision, um, around, you know, shit talking, making a poor judgment, assuming that that would be safe and, um, unseen mm. was, was a bad decision. It was a bad decision to like, you know, even poke fun at, at, at um, another comrade at the time that way. Mm. And, and I own my, I own my fault and I'll never defend it. You know, it was, it was very damaging to go through that experience, to lose everything, to be called these, these horrific labels and terms that, I just could not identify with and, you know, to find yourself in like a massive state of loss over um, something you just never really thought could possibly happen. And, and especially in like the time that happened and how fast it just occurred, <laughs> it mm. was just absurd. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'd like to just kind of talk about a little bit of like how cancel culture you know, as, as we're stating it now, because at that time, cancel culture didn't really have like the, the term. Mm. I don't think it was like kind of referred to as cancel culture. It was more just like, like me too, or something like that. Whereas like, you know, shame, like sh public shame, you lose everything. Boom. You know, the, the audience makes the call, you know, it, it, it's been tough not being able to share my narrative and, mm. and it's been, it's been tough to not be able to like, give the backstory and i don't really want to do that especially right now in this era um because i don't want anything to happen in a more damaging way you know maybe there will be a time sometime down the road where i can kind of share more and give more context to like i think why this all happened but i'm just going to simply you know pass on that and you know, acknowledge that I've gone through my, me and my family have gone through a lot through this whole ordeal. And there was a period where I was in a very dark place and I was very close to suicide. And there was probably a year and a half where I was very close to killing myself over what I had no control over. And there were you know, times where I just didn't want to be alive anymore. I didn't want to feel, I didn't want to care. I didn't want people to judge me anymore and, and, and have no understanding of who I am, but still make these horrible statements about me mm. and feeling that and kind of, you know, going through, you know, the loss, you know, mourning, mourning what, you know, mourning basically, um, and having this affect, you know, my family, my wife, um, it was very damaging. And and I honestly have a whole new 
appreciation and and um, understanding of what suicide and suicidal tendencies are because people I think are very fucking misunderstood about that. And I don't think that like there has been much education into what actually uh, a, a person with suicidal tendencies is actually feeling. Like I've heard folks say shit like, um, like that's like the most selfish thing you can do. And I have a really fucking hard time with that. And I've heard people say like, that's the only way you'll be remembered if if you go out that way, if you take your own life. And and I, 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 I'm very confused with that because when you are at the absolute darkest place in your life and you have no fucking more feeling and no more to give and, 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 and you've just kind of like hit the absolute bottom, you really can't consider anybody else. Like mm -hmm. you can't weigh into account what the fuck other fucking people want or feel because you're void of it. The value is gone. You're, you, you feel, the only thing you want to feel, the only thing you want is to not fucking feel. Mm. And it like is not understood that way by people who just kind of like hear about suicide. And I made the decision two different times to not fucking do it. And one of them, I couldn't, I couldn't fucking do it. And the other one, I just didn't. And there was reasons why. And like, I, you know, I, I almost, I almost was like embarrassed to myself that I didn't fucking proceed. <laughs> and this was like, and, you know, and then I had like the, the whole unraveling of understanding of like why the fuck I was feeling that way. And it was because of an audience who doesn't even fucking know me making me feel this way. Mm. It was not just because I, I got fucking fired publicly and shamed and all that shit. It was that the pile on and, and that fucking hate. And it, honestly, man, you want to talk about bullying, that's fucking bullying. Not me making a shitty fucking meme that like whatever was not even funny. It wasn't even fucking about. It, it was, a, for the record, man, that meme was a resemblance fucking image. It was not about the size of a fucking person. It was like, holy shit, this looks like the other party. Holy fucking shit, that looks like your boyfriend. That's hilarious. And you can keep this or not put it in. I, I honestly don't give a fuck, but I think I, I learned to fucking feel less from the onslaught of people who don't know me. And I decided to keep fucking going and to keep trying a little bit and to and to to just fucking try to surpass wanting to fucking off myself all the time and yo the the feelings kept coming for like a year and a half and Lindsay knew it she kept fin with me all the time because she knew that if i had fucking fin with me i wouldn't do anything fucking stupid <laughs> and you know i think that like there's something to be said about remembering that there's a fucking person on the other side of that screen that you're punching fucking your buttons into you're typing up a bunch of shit to say something horrible about something you don't even fucking know. And you've heard one side of one narrative and you're just going to go and completely fucking take that for, for the actual facts. There's a lot to take into account here that people fucking bypass and they don't think about. And there is a very fragile fucking period where you can damage somebody's life and you can kill them. Mm -hmm. And that's not just them doing it themselves. That's you doing it. Anyway, I think there's something to be said about appreciating your friends, your family, the fucking folks that believe in you, the ones that know you and they accept you. 
and they allow you to fuck up. <laughs> You're allowed to fuck up. We're all mm. allowed to fuck up, man. We all fuck up. It's just how big of a fuck up does do other people want to make it and how, how large they want to, how far they want to take it. Yeah. I think that like I've found a whole new value in, in my, my life right now and it's taken a long time. And I really appreciate my friends. I'm very selective of who I trust these days. I'm a little more subdued and quiet. I don't need to boast. I don't need to show anything. I found that the people who love me and the people who know me, they're always there. They got my fucking back. And I'm very appreciative of them. And all of my friends who are listening right now, I love you. And my family, I love you. And Lindsay, I love you. You kept me here. And so, man, it's been crazy finding the weird bits of silver lining out of like losing everything I've built in my life and losing it in like an awful way. And and the silver linings have revealed themselves um, maybe in the past year. Okay. And it's been really nice to like understand that, you know, I, I owe nothing to anybody. <laughs> and maybe one of the nicest things about being canceled, man, is you're like, you're like you went fucking bankrupt. <laughs> Like it's like bankrupt. You're like you're void, clean man. You don't. Slate. You don't. Yeah, clean slate. You don't owe anything to anybody now. You can do anything. I can do anything. I can say anything. I'm not going to, but like <laughs> I can. I'm allowed to, man. Like yeah. I owe fucking. Nothing. I have no boss. Like yeah. there's just like you know there's a lot of things that I'm trying to see come out of losing my entire life and everything I built mm. and basically like a like part of me and like a version of me died. And my, my friend, uh, Steph, Steph Davis, she told me something that I, I really enjoyed. She said, in this life, you will live multiple lives. Like a cat, I guess. I think that's dorky, but like, like <laughs> you will live multiple lives in this existence. And I'm on to my next one right now. Mm. And I did that. I, I, I decided to do that. <laughs> and I'm so happy I fucking did, dude. I'm so happy. I'm still fucking here, man. I'm so, I'm happy. I'm talking to you right now, looking you in the face right now. I'm, I'm happy that I just took a breath. Life's fragile, man. Mm. And we need to remember that. And we need to allow each other to, to fuck up. I think it's important to accept one another. I don't want to hurt anybody. I never wanted to hurt anybody. I want that to be known. I never wanted to hurt anyone. I made a bad decision. I made a bad fucking joke. And it was received poorly and exposed poorly. Thanks, Joe. <clears throat> I'm choked up, man. Don't be choked I'm up. I'm choked man. up. I haven't really talked about this. I talked about it one other time. I, I talked about this one other time and it was like, I couldn't stop crying. I'm glad I'm just not crying now. I'm yeah. like, I'm kind of like past the tears. And like, I've, I've like, you know, yeah. I've like gone through all that. I mean, the, I want to, I want to say this and I will have, again, I will have already shared this. So people are hearing this for the second time. I haven't a little, a little uh, behind the scenes of the podcast. I haven't recorded the intro yet. That's how this works. But the reason I want to talk with you, was excited to talk with you, 
I mean, cancel culture, like it, it has this purpose of accountability, right? Like that's what it's all built on. Yeah. And in this case, you made a bad joke. You were held accountable. There's no judge. There's no jury. The audience, the mob decides what your penalty is or no one decides and you just, just this snowball rolling down the hill. I don't know, but, um, you paid a big price and, um, you lost everything and it took you, I'm learning a lot of this now. I didn't, I didn't know the depth of your pain. No one does. Yeah. No one did. And it's like, it's not like I'm through, man. I'm not like through with this shit. Yeah. I'm still fucked up in the head big time. I've tried therapy. I, you know, I feel good for maybe like two hours after it and it's fucking expensive. <laughs> it's like, there's two detriments, like with therapy, it's temporary as fuck and it costs a lot of money. Yeah. So you tell me how the fuck that's possible. <laughs> like I need a therapist with me like all the fucking time. Man. And like, that's Lindsay basically. <laughs> she, she's just like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I wanted to share that. And then the, the reason you know, I've, I've seen you rebuild in the last few years and I hate the idea. The one thing with cancel culture that I hate, it feels like poison to me is this idea that we cast our judgment and then we forevermore hold that person to the worst thing they ever did, to the worst thing that we saw them do, whatever that was. I think that's really toxic. I think it's counterproductive. I hope that the goal would be to help rehabilitate people. Like if they need to be held accountable, great. If they need to be punished to learn a hard lesson, okay. But let's help them move beyond that and come out the other side, a better human being. And let's help one another move towards the type of society that we want to live in. You know, like cancel culture is holding ourselves and each other to a really high bar but I don't think cutting and burning and like sweeping away the ashes of a person's life is the, the way to improve things. I think it's helping one another, you know, move in the direction that we all want to go. And I'm so inspired by you because I've seen you grow and I've seen you put a lot of positivity out into the world in the last few years. And I'm sure that was super hard, man. I remember shortly uh, you you went quiet after all this if i remember rightly like you just didn't post on instagram for a really long time and when you finally started posting again i don't know if it was a year later two years later whatever you really seemed to be making a concerted effort to put a lot of positive energy towards specific people out into the world like you were complimenting specific people on their climbing achievements talking about how inspiring and badass they were you were really elevating a lot of women who were doing cool things in the sport. And I remember reading early comments on some of your posts and, you know, just everything you would expect from the trolls, just like, oh, you're trying to get all your sponsors back, you know? And it's, <laughs> and I get it. Cause like, totally. if you were truly a bully and just trying to get your sponsors back, that's how you would be behaving probably the I same, mean... the same way. Right. But anyway, I say that to just say like, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like, you know, if you're in a relationship and you do something that pisses off your partner and you feel horrible about it and you learn from it and you never want to do it again and you want to fix it, like you want to be really nice to them and you yeah. are really nice to them, but 
nothing works. Like they yeah. just don't want to deal with you're you. kind of like overcompensating, but it's not. Fucking <laughs> they're happening. like they're just like fuck you right now. Totally. I know you're being really sweet, but yeah. I hate you for it. And just it just needs time. Any it just time. needs time to like breathe and I think that's and the heat correct, needs to man. come down. But I I just commend you and respect you for the way that you've stuck with that and getting to know you now in person. I can and, and what you've built with with love and just this through line of like let's draw inspiration from one another. Let's recognize it in one another and spread that inspiration to the people. That's beautiful, man. Thank you. It's really it's really cool to see. And I hope that we can believe in and support Joe moving forward <laughs> so that you can do more of that, so that we can all be inspired by it, so you can climb your harder climbs, whatever it is, um, keep contributing to, to the sport. But anyway, thank you. Yeah, man. Thank I mean, you for sharing all that. Absolutely. Th this, was, this was a pleasure. This was fun. I don't think I've talked this much in like the past like year. <laughs> Literally. I mean, what is it, three, four hours we've just been yammering <laughs> yeah. on? Them? Yeah, we yeah. got to call Lindsay and get some pizza. Seriously, seriously. Um, <clears throat> yeah, thanks everybody for listening and, and anybody who's who's rocked with me and supported me. Um, I I love you. You're you're very special. Um, and, and anybody who, who I've disappointed over the years, you know, I apologize. Um, thank you for everybody who supported me over the years. That's, that's the most important thing here. Mm. Amazing man. Um, there's one question that I always ask everybody, and Let's I want to I want to broaden it um, with you with this conversation, and maybe from here on out, because I feel I don't want anything to get stale. You know, I think anything in repetition repetition can become stale. But I always like to ask people about gratitude, what they've been especially grateful for lately. Oh man! But we can expand that. Like, what just what's making you just feel really full? these days gratitude or excitement what's got you fired i'd up? say the support for my wife is is immensely gratifying her giving me like the thumbs up and and the green light to kind of continue um you know orienting our life into meeting these climbing goals that are really important to me um, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for goofy stuff like this beautiful fall season we're having out here. It's fucking beautiful. We got the leaves, the blue sky, frosty like mornings, man. frosty mornings. Like this is so important to like, I guess, well-being. I'm a, I'm a New England boy at heart, man. And like that stuff, like I miss. So having these, these times, it's like really, um, key. I'm, I'm grateful for my dogs, you know, un undeniable <laughs> love. We got Finn and we got Ozzy. Finn and Ozzy. My boys, they're just, they're, they're my little angels, man. They're fucking hilarious. They constantly make me smile. I'm, I'm grateful to be happy again mm. and to like find meaning in, in what, what I'm passionate about. To have the passion be uh, prevalent again in my life. And what's next for you? On to the next. Head home, on to the next. I, <laughs> I mean, Christ, another project. It's, it's, it's called Mamma Jamma. It's fucking logo. Mamma Jamma. Mamma Jamma. All right. Mamma Jamma. Yeah. <laughs>
like once Lindsay, uh, basically what's Start next. Start the process is, over. Thoroughly. What's next is like, I'm, I'm just in support mode for Lindsay right now. Sick. Lindsay's close on her climb, her yeah. project. She's really, she's really devoted to this thing and I'm in support mode. So whatever Lindsay needs, I'm on board. I'm mm. on, I'm on deck. That's kind of the, the protocol right now. Amazing, dude. Yeah. I'll be rooting for her. I'll see you guys at the cliff. Thank you, Joe, for doing this. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, everything that we referenced, I'll put links to that stuff in the show notes. I'll put links to love. If you want to check out Joe's brand, check out some some new rad shirts coming down the line. Thank you, guys, and uh, much love. We'll see you next time. Hey friends, before you go, just a quick reminder to check out Chalk Cartel. If you need to refill your chalk bag or want to level up your friction game, head over to chalkcartel.com and use code NUGGET for 20% off your next order of excellent high-performance climbing chalk. I actually use this stuff myself. I used it today. I love it, and I really like this company and what they're all about. So again, that's chalkcartel.com. There's a link right there in your podcast app and use code NUGGET at checkout for 20% off your next order. Thank you guys so much for sticking with me till the end. Really appreciate you. Much love. And we will see you next time. Like we do.